0: League of Josh Podcast is fortunate enough to be powered by Andrews Book Company's used books. ABC Books is located underneath the Superstore at 910 Columbia Street West, Kamloops, British Columbia. Filled with an amazing range of quality books, it is also filled with an amazing range of quality people. It's the only place I'll go to buy and sell my books. And also I'll get amazing recommendations from the employees that work there. Go check out ABC Books. Our second sponsor is Bubble Tea Gardens. Located next door to ABC Books underneath the Superstore at 910 Columbia Street West, Kamloops, British Columbia, Bubble Tea Garden is close to the university, insanely cheap for students, and easily the best authentic Chinese food in town. Above all, it is filled with amazing people. Owner Teresa is an amazing, generous woman who glows with kindness, and will waste no time in telling you to sit down. Go check out Bubble Tea Garden. Hello, friends. Thanks for tuning in to the League of Josh podcast. This episode features Harry Coles, a good friend of mine who on a whim decides to follow his dreams of coming to Canada to pursue his schooling and soccer career. Just as everyone else, Harry's got a pretty crazy cool story and I'm beyond lucky to have him as my first guest on the show. Enjoy. What was the culture shock, like coming to Canada from Europe? Like, did you was it weird that we didn't drink as much? <laughs> we like, come on guys, let's Honestly. go for casuals on a Monday and people were like, no Harry, not yet.
1: I know it's like a huge stereotype, but Canadians are really nice. Yeah? Like, overall, they're nice people. I'm okay
0: with that stereotype. But um, I'd rather not be a, like a dickhead. Big
1: shock as well, like, every, most places in, like, supermarket, there's always, like, a 24-7 place. But, like, here, like, I remember when I first got in, I went to Superstore at, like, 11.30. And, like, I was closed, and I was like, this is, like, the biggest store I've ever been in my life. Like, why isn't it open? Yeah. So, that being shut. Like, there's no no 24-hour stuff.
0: Yeah. Um even husky you have to go and like ask them to go and get you stuff. Oh, I've, I've oh, had a no, few no. of those where you go like one o'clock after going out or something, and you're like, can you like grab me the Reese's Pieces King Cups with yeah. the Reese's? And they get like the wrong ones, you're like, no 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 like yeah. the other ones. Yeah. Um what else? a big culture shock.
1: I say what's up a lot because <laughs> I used to say I used to say you're right. Yeah, like if I'm at home, I'm like, oh, you're all right. How's it going? Yeah. And, like when I first saw of people were like, yeah, I'm fine. Like, are you? Because I'm. It's almost like, are you all right? Like, you okay? Are you okay? Yeah. But I'll be like, you okay? And that's like, how are you doing? Yeah. So I, I quickly changed that. Yeah. So I'm like, you're all right? And they're like, yeah. Like, what's the matter? And I'm like, nothing. <laughs> like, I'm just asking, how's it going? They're like, do I look sad? So yeah, I just say what's up
0: a lot now. What's up? Nice. I dropped that. The classic sup. It's slowly going to change to sup. Yeah, so, not gone
1: that far, but I just what's up? Yeah, yeah.
0: It turns into like a slow head nod after a while. You're just so, like, hey, yeah,
1: well, yeah, yeah, hey. yeah. <laughs> but it's always an awkward moment. When you know, like walk past people and you don't like you've seen them, or you know, if they make eye contact with you, and you're
0: like, do I say, it? you're like, all no, right, what's up? Especially being a student athlete, you see these people that you're like affiliated I, with, but not like actually like I really do that good all friends. The
1: time. With. Like, I like to think I i know a lot of people listen like people i'm like you're on the wolf like do we just say hello anyway because yeah. we both play for the wolf pack
0: like i don't know who you are but i know oh view. i've done it yeah. yeah hey how's it going yeah, yeah, yeah good yeah I'm so like, it's everyone now I'm like that
1: random guy that well just me and you had that chat about like uh, we i I do it anyways because i'm awkward like that but like you know when you ask how people are mm-hmm. and you're like I well, don't it's just sort of social
0: yeah it's just like you're not actually like seeking like you know when
1: people you say like oh how are you and you're like yeah fine thanks yeah you're not actually seeking but then like when people are like oh well actually and you're like okay it's like oh yeah I'm not actually good I I like you but I don't like you enough to
0: (laughs) yeah you're like listen to (laughs) what's happening no exactly you're not really seeking like a meaningful conversation it's just like the social norm of being like hey how you doing good thanks how are you oh I'm good thanks and you just like continue with your day and you're like was there any point in that at all? Or could I have just, like, head nodded that person and been okay? Uh. Yeah. No. I find that, like... I've, that's, like, the weirdest thing in the world to me. I've been trying to think of, like, questions to ask to have, like, a thought-provoking conversation with people. I'm still... I'm getting closer, I think. Yeah? Yeah, there's this really cool uh, Zen story that my, my buddy Ken told me about. And it's, like... So these two fish are swimming along and this older fish is coming the other way and he passes them and he... Kind of gives him a head nod and he's like, "Hey, fellas, how's the water?" And they swim by each other and after like five minutes, one of the fish turns to the other fish and he's like, "What the fuck is water?" (laughs) 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 So I, I've been thinking about that like a lot, like how, what's like the thing in our society that we don't really talk about and it's not really, like like what's water to us? What's something that we don't perceive like as real it's just like constantly flowing around us and I mean like obviously the answer would be air but more on like a philosophical level like what's the thing that is always surrounding every single person no matter who you are and like propelling us even and making us like to me I think that's suffering I think suffering is the thing that it's like you're constantly suffering at no point are you not suffering a lot of people have this thing of like oh yeah one day I'll be like really I'll do these things then I'll be happy I'll I'll get through school and I'll do this and then i'll get a job and then i'll get this beautiful house and wife and kids but like in reality there's like you're gonna get to that one day and then you're gonna be like oh today's just a day like every other day and i'm not yeah Yeah.
1: well i i'm not believing long-term goals anyway
0: yeah because it's just
1: so stagnant you get unmotivated like with that if you get to a point, there's probably a point in like even in sport or in life like you're like well i've done everything now like yeah what do i do so if you just set yourself one long target it's just short-term goals totally it's the answer it
0: becomes nothing special like first thing i'm sure like when you were a kid you were like oh like one day i'm gonna go to university and become a soccer player and it's gonna be amazing you're like i'm gonna go play pro and then once you attain that goal it's just nothing special to you you're you're now living it so it's not amazing it's not this thing that you perceived it to be when you were younger it's just life and it just continues and it becomes nothing special to you but at the same time I'm sure there are thousands of kids that like look up to us and they're like oh I'd love to be part of a university collegiate team playing at the highest level playing professionally but to the people that play professionally and play collegiate it's not like we wake up every day and we're like I'm living the life. This is amazing. We just get up and we're like, okay, like what's, what's today? But
1: then again, like because of, you probably say because you've, all, I've always done this. Mm-hmm. I, you probably don't realize how lucky you actually are. Oh my like, God. Like to be in a varsity university and play like until, I mean, you'll probably see it with your injury. Like until you don't have that, you realize you're like, oh wow, like yeah, I, I am lucky to do what I do. Yeah. No and worries. I think I like, I am. And if you were to say, if I was a kid and I looked at myself and was like, when you were 21, you'd be halfway across the world at university, playing soccer, I'd have been like, no
0: way. <laughs> so, yeah, you do. But I know what you mean. Oh, yeah. I remember my goals as a kid being like, I would like to make this club team. I would like to make this. And like, oh, I never even considered university as like a viable option for myself. I mean, I wasn't necessarily like an intelligent kid growing up. Not in, like... I just didn't apply myself. I didn't really just. I I really didn't give a fuck. I was like, okay, I like go to class. <laughs> School never, report must yeah. try harder. <laughs> yeah, always. Just my like,
1: mom used to say all the time, like, and they like, say now, look, it must be so frustrating. Like, I'm not ridiculously smart, but like, I, you know, you do okay, but you're like, yeah, if I apply myself more. Yeah. But that's
0: part of it all, isn't it? Yeah. But my, yeah, my psych prof always talks about that. He's, it's, it's not it's not how big your iq is or how many iq points you have it's about your ambition quotient how hard you're willing to work for something that's not necessarily given to you and i think that makes it so much sweeter when you actually have to work i mean there are lots of things that i have like not worked for in my life like during club i never really had to like apply myself super hard outside of the gym and work out a ton but then my first two years of volleyball were like in university were like pretty dog shit like i played more I probably played like an accumulative 25 points in my second year. It was bad. It was real bad. And like, I just like didn't love volleyball anymore. So then after that, and like my first year wasn't great, just kind of got rookied in random shit like that, that I had like this weird relationship with a girl that didn't work out. That's and like,
1: was, that's like, um, people say like, we play, I, I like to think we play a high level. Mm-hmm. And like, that's the mentality, man. You're yeah. going to have stuff like that. and Oh, yeah. And part and parcel of it is you have to be mentally strong to put up with stuff like that. Yeah. You know, if you are a rookie and you're not going to play and you understand in your role. Yeah. I mean, I'm a huge believer in optimism and stuff, but I think part of realism has got to come in and, and you've got to understand, you know, what your role is. Yeah. And if you don't, you know, you can always aim higher, but having a realisation of what it is and... What you have to do is, is part of it. And yeah, totally. People don't realize how big a part mentally plays in it. Like, and I think it's. I remember speaking to you, and you said when we were speaking about the girls' team, and you were like when you play them close sets that like go to like twenty-eight, twenty-six, whatever. Like, how mentally draining it is. Yeah. Because you're like so close to winning it, like yeah. if you could you could lose a night you could get swept 3-0 but it could be 28-26 25-22 yeah. whatever yeah 27-25 and yeah, you're totally. like if people to see that they think, oh you got swept 3-0 but you're like no it's just a few points that made the whole difference
0: yeah especially when those are good games too and you're like that was an amazing game but you're like oh but the it was reflection. a 3-0 yeah. loss like it yeah. was that and that's that sucks and then that does drain you so poorly too cuz like especially when those those games are I'm really glad that they pushed the first two games so well and they did well because then that makes them a little bit better for next time, but like, those are so mentally draining when you give all of yourself to something and then you don't succeed.
1: Oh yeah, and that was a culture shock in terms of sport here, because I've never played back-to-back games in my life, mm-hmm. it's just not a thing, like. really, And I'm not trying to say soccer's hardy, but playing back-to-back soccer's is pretty hard. Oh if you play night, you played ninety minutes. You cover a lot of ground, like physically. It's draining, and you go yeah. play the next. Like the whole mindset. Like you lose one night, it's great because you'd be like, right, we've got twenty four hours until we play. We can rectify this. Yeah. Whereas if you play one week, you're like, well, we lost. You've got a whole another week right. until the next game. Yeah. But then sometimes, like you lose, and you're like, oh, like your mind just goes, and it goes into the next game, and yeah, quickly forgetting someone told me uh, one of my old coaches always told me I made a mistake one game and I was really annoyed with myself and it cost the game and he was like what's what's the point of you even thinking about it because no matter how hard you think about it it's not going to change it it happened yeah. like, that's it no matter what you do now is going to change what happened Yeah. you think and you say right I did that wrong okay that's it no point in dwelling on it and being like
0: oh. I think I think obse- acceptance is such a huge thing now. even like if I bomb a test, I mean stats has just been smashing me since we got back from Montreal, and it's been oh it's when been you bad, yeah. Like
1: when you bomb a test, and I you think that's it, class gone. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I, mean.
0: I used to like hide the test marks, and now I'm just like, yeah,
1: I don't really care what people around me that. see. I'm like, I, I'm guilty of like check like checking out, I just don't want to see it and like figure out my overall grade because <laughs> I'm like, I always like if I. am Oh, no, now, but like, if I knew my overall grade before like, I was going into the final exam, I'd be like, I need this and whatever. And like, yeah. if I did the exam, I was like, oh, I didn't feel I got that. Yeah. So I just try not to figure out what I need. Yeah. I have a rough idea, but I'm like, if I put it in my head, like if I need like a 70% and like, I do the test, I'm like, oh, I know I didn't get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: yeah, developing those expectations always leads to letdown. That's same with like sports, even going out. Like if you go out, I find the worst nights I have are for people's birthdays. Because we had there, this discussion. Yeah, there are all these crazy expectations that you create and you're like, We're gonna go out and do this and we're gonna go here and there and it's gonna be amazing. This is gonna be the best night of our lives. And then you go out and it's it's not bad. It it would be a fun night in any other situation, but because you've built it up so much and there's so much expectation on you're like, That was kinda shitty. That like that didn't live up to the hype and therefore it was bad, I think like even even like the new star wars movies i love them but standalone i love them so much more because there was so much hype build up around them and like the hype helps to propel them but at the same time it's like if they don't live up to that hype then they fall so much further than they would have as a standalone movie
1: yeah definitely. are we live
0: i think so are we going i was gonna say i hope so yeah. Oh, I really? I don't have very much to to fill the time with. I can only say so much stuff, so I <laughs> I, I hope we've been recording. I don't know. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. I mean, cheers, I oh, guess. Yeah. yeah, cheers. What are your like general philosophies on life? That's like a pretty broad question, but um, what are... Um, yeah you just run with that one
1: i'm a big believe for me i've like i said i'm a realist and i have i like to think i'm playing at a high level here and i think i have played at a high level and i just i've never been the most talented like i i've i'm, I'm okay yeah but i've never been like the standout player Mm-hmm. And I've always had to like work and, and grind. And one that always sticks for me is, and I, I always say it, I said it before a game this year, like minimum requirements, maximum effort. And it, it's so it's so cheesy that you give your best, but for me as a player and as a teammate, if I, and I think I read it somewhere, and there was a, a rugby team called Saracens in the UK, mm-hmm. like a professional team. and. And their coaches said to him, any error, um, technical error, you know, the pass might not go right or something, we'll take the blame for that. Any error through application, it, the attitude's wrong or you're not putting 100% in, that's down to you. And if I see a teammate that's given 100, they might make a mistake, but if I knew they were applying themselves in the right way and, and giving 100%, then I'll never have a go at them. And I find that in life, you can just, Put your best effort in, and yeah, and that's it. That's all you can do. Yeah, um, and that relates to school. If you've studied and you've done a test, but you haven't done it, that's it. You know, you you give everything you've got. Um, oh yeah, I'm partial to a quote. Yeah, definitely. Oh yeah, yeah. I love them. I think oh my great. god,
0: you've seen my wall. It looks yeah. like a beautiful mind's wall.
1: Yeah. Oh, there's one on our door. Um, success isn't earned. It's rented, and rents you every day. <laughs> <laughs> so you have oh, that. I like that. Yeah. yeah? Oh yeah. Um, but yeah. <laughs> in terms of life, I don't know. Like, like you said, when people have like goals and long term and what they're going to do with their life, I, I, I think I have got sort of a goal. But I just t- honestly, I will take each day as it comes. Yeah. Because every day something's going to change. Yeah. Um, and like. It's never as good as it seems. It's never as bad as it seems. It's always always stays stagnant. Just mm-hmm. ride that wave. It's never never think it's too good, or never think it's too bad. Just stay in a constant. Yeah. And you know, like we we're saying about waking up and feeling lucky. Like, yeah, I wake up every day, and I probably don't think it. Like, oh, I'm lucky. Like what I do, but probably now after this, I think yeah, I am pretty lucky with what I do. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah. No. That my they're my philosophies in terms of that um but yeah and like i found and definitely coming here has opened me up to like so many more experiences like i speak to so many people now like i left school and stuff and you have your core friends and then coming here you meet so many people and like meeting people from like across the world and stuff and like taking in different cultures you realize that there's a lot bigger world than where you're from, your hometown. It's nuts. Yeah, like, it's ridiculous and some of the things people have done, it's, yeah, it's mad. Um and just enjoying life. Like, honestly, whatever you do, you've got to enjoy it. There's no, there's no
0: point in doing it. Is there, you know? Yeah. Um, God, I'd never do something if I didn't like doing it. That's, it blows my mind when people are like, I'm like, why are you, like, what are you studying in school or like, Someone will come up to me and be like, oh, how are you doing in this class? Oh, like, it's all right, thank you. How are you doing in there? I think people are scared to, like, share their passions. I think that is a weird cultural thing. We we have to hate school for some reason. There's there's no... There are not too many people that I talk to that are like, I love this class.
1: Uh, yeah, people... That's like society. You have, like, this... I'm probably talking a load of nonsense here, but it's what I mm-hmm. think. Oh no, like, no, totally, man. Hey, that's <laughs> that's all that matters, Harry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: We're, we're gonna die one day, so you might as well um, get all your like, shit out and let's figure it out. People
1: think they have to be pa- people. People think they have to be passionate about sport. Like, yeah, well, if you're passionate about school, like, go do that. Yeah, go. If you enjoy it, yeah, go do that. Any anything like, you know, and and I think um, and like talking like a team ethic. I think volleyball do have a good one men's volleyball. Mm-hmm. I think you just saw that last year like the the team bonding you have and I think with our team last year like the team bonding we had like people have different talents and different passions away from the pitch like or the court like go and bring that to the team like don't be afraid to be like yeah this is what I want to do or yeah this is or like with school like don't be afraid to be like oh yeah I want to do that Mm-hmm. or people are like oh why are you doing that and because you don't say you want to do like a job or something like yeah i want to be an accountant whatever yeah you're like oh, I'm, I'm not sure but i just enjoy this and i'm passionate about it and whatever happens it, it leads to what it leads but i'm enjoying it right now
0: right you know so oh man i have no idea what i want to do anytime someone like my prof asked me the other day he was like i was asking a few questions in biopsych and he was like you he's like what do you want to do with your life and i was like i don't like i have no idea and then if, He recommended, like, he's like, maybe thinking about like neurobiology. I was like, I don't know. I don't know if if, I could do that. If you speak
1: to anyone aged between probably 30 and 50, and you ask them if they're doing now what they wanted to do when they were like 21, 22, they say no. I spoke to Pete Soblack, and he was like, if you told me I was doing this when I was your age, I wouldn't even thought it. I remember I spoke to to Curtis, and he was like, no, I didn't have any idea I wanted to do this. It's just how it fell. Yeah. You don't sort of have to have a life plan set. In the 21. Shit just works out, man. It's weird.
0: Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. stuff just falls into place. It's not like you have to have this huge I'm elaborate plan. such a plan. huge
1: flavor in fate. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and, like, stuff happens for certain reason. Like, if you said to me two years ago, yeah, you'd be sat here doing a podcast <laughs> in Canada. Yeah. I'd be like, where's Canada, for one? <laughs> it sounds that, cold. It's that big white place above <laughs> yeah. America. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then it just happens isn't it yeah you know and and living in that moment of just yeah riding the wave that's yeah. what I call it yeah just, no totally
0: just gotta live it there's no there's no moment but the now I mean like thinking about the past is like more of a depression you can and never change the it you can,
1: and even though I'm so guilty of it like I keep thinking of when he told me that I was like yeah anything you do oh it's happened now like I can't change that. Yeah. So there's no point in thinking about it, you know, whether you've done a test or whether you've met someone for the first time you didn't think you left the best impression. It's like, well, what do I do now? Yeah. This, I can't change it. No one can change it. No one can change time. So you just have Oof. to accept. Yeah, no. It's a scary <laughs> thing.
0: Time, oh, no. Oh, no. A true constant. Yeah. yeah. It's scary. Never going to be able to go back. There's a lot of things that it's like... Wonder if I could have done that differently. But, like, whenever. But really... then,
1: if you. Like, I'm going to ask you a question. Are you happy right now?
0: Oh, yeah. No, are no. You that, hap- that, that, that's the point that's that like, I'm going to go off like, on is.
1: Whatever you did, if you might have done that differently, it might not have led to what, how you feel now.
0: Exactly. Yeah. There are a lot of traumas that I've endured in my life. And, like, I wouldn't go back and change a single one of them. If someone were to go come to me and be like, hey, you can go back to when you were born with all of the knowledge you have now and just live your life through again, would you do it? Absolutely not. I love the person that I've become and the people and the place that I've surrounded myself with is I, c- I couldn't conceive it being better if I were to like take every single moving piece and change it and morph everything. Because like the life that you control and the life that you don't have to think about, that's a life you've already had, it's pointless. It's If you can control everything in your environment, why? Why would you even want that? Why would you want the ability to control things? Like the only thing you can really control is yourself, and that's what makes life fun. That makes that's what makes life this ever-moving piece of machinery that you're never going to understand. And like, yeah, like I, like I'm sure you're the same. Like you love everything about yourself. So all of the crazy ass shit that happens in your life, that people are like, oh that sucks. You're like, no, that doesn't suck because I am the person that I am right now because of that. And that's all that really matters to me. I love who I am. Therefore, any of the shit that's happened to me has led to who I am right now. And I'm okay with that. I'm happy about that.
1: Oh, yeah. And I remember when you you first ruptured your Achilles. Mm-hmm. And it was a few days after. And I saw you and I was like, oh, Josh. And over the last like couple of months, me and you got to know each other well. Yeah. And I, I knew you before. I wouldn't say I knew you when you got really good on a personal level. No, we were acquaintances. Yeah. And... I didn't really know your mindset, but you said to me, you were like, probably gonna be the best thing that happened to me. Yeah. And I was like, thing, I was like, this guy's just ruptured his Achilles. Like, he's not gonna play. He's on crutches for the summer. Like, what? And I look at you now, and I wouldn't say I know you as well that time, but like, you're just, like, I don't even know. Like, (laughs) you're just loving life. and, You're doing all this stuff and you took that negative in your life and a lot of people could have been like, Oh, like that's that but you've took that negative and turned it into like a huge positive. Yeah. Like, I don't know many people that could have done that. I mean uh, I could
0: I I was injured for eight weeks this year and I thought it was the worst thing in the world. Yeah. You know, and And I mean that happens, I think I think like through life you kind of develop these like theologies on life and these philosophies on like what happens to you and I think the toughest thing for me was like when stuff started to go so basically my life was going like like pretty perfectly almost I started for the majority of my third year and did quite well in school had a really had a few like really cool reconnections in my life that led to some pretty amazing stuff I got some like a lot of emotional closure over the summer and then I met this girl that was like the best girl I'd ever met she was absolutely amazing like no complaints and then um, yeah, a month after I met her and she was my girlfriend, I ruptured my Achilles. And then a month after that, I got fired from my job. And then two months after that, my girlfriend and I broke up. And it was just this, like, crazy, like, bad thing come in threes, like, domino effect of just, like, oh, this is kind of shitty. Oh, that's kind of shitty. Oh, all right, here goes my entire life. Like, every, every, like, everything that I knew just, like, slowly crumbled. And I just had to, like, watch it happen. And I, I always preach these philosophies of life being like, live in the moment and accept what's happened to you and enjoy the suffering that you receive because that can only make you better realistically. We kind of talked about that, how if you if you mess something up, there's no point in dwelling on and bitching about it a lot. It's, it's much better to be like, okay, that is something that I've now suffered through. How can I get better from that? So that became this huge thing for me of like, all right, I preach this stuff. I have to live this now. Now I'm put in a position where I have to really follow through and be like, no. And that that's something that I I really, it was very like, it, it took a lot mentally because every single person that I would talk to is like, hey, like what happened? Oh, I ruptured my Achilles. Oh, wow. And like the face, I think the face is like the thing that really sets it off instantly is like, oh my God, what? Like that's awful. That's the worst thing that I can imagine. I'm sure we've talked about the Zen farmer. Have we talked about the Zen we farmer? The okay, it. I'll 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 tell the story. Tell the story. people. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good story. Uh, so there's this Zen farmer, and he he has this this rice paddy, and it economically supports the entire village, and so he has this horse, and only his son knows how to ride the horse, or only his son's physically fit enough to ride the horse. This Zen farmer is quite old and. The whole, the whole community relies on this rice paddy being plowed. And one day the horse gets out and all of the neighbors come by and they're like, this is the worst thing that's ever happened. I cannot believe this. Our our village is going to crumble. We're all going to have to leave. Like, this is the worst thing that could ever happen. And the Zen farmer's like, oh, maybe. And then a week later, the horse comes back with a whole herd of horses. It comes back with like 10 more horses and everyone comes back and they're like, This is the best thing that's ever happened to us. This is amazing. I cannot believe this. Now we can expand our village. We're going to prosper so well economically. You can expand your farm. You can make a lot more money. This is great. He's like, yes, maybe. We'll see. And then the next day his son goes out and tries to break one of these wild horses. And he gets bucked off and he snaps his leg in half. And then all of the neighbors come back and this is the worst. We're back at square one. You have all these wild horses. We can use them for meat maybe. But like... We can't plow the fields with these wild horses, and you can't even use your good horse. We're we're hooped. We're at square one. It's, it's back to we're economically going to be destroyed. Um, and then, uh, like, two or three weeks later, the Chinese army comes along, and they're, like, prescription officers, and they're taking people's kids. And they're like, no, every single able-bodied boy has to come. And then they get to this guy's house and they're like, okay, give us your son. And his son comes to the door, his legs snapped in half. He can't march. There's no way. So they're like, okay, see you never. And they leave. And all of his neighbors come back and they're like, this is the best. You got to keep your son. We all lost our kids and you get to keep your son. This is amazing. Like, congratulations. And you, Yeah, maybe. We'll see. It's like, that's the thing is whatever happens to you in your life, you don't know if it's going to be the best thing in your life or the worst thing in your life. And that's something that I had to like really live through was people would come to me and be like, I can't believe it, that's like the most, like that's a career-ending injury. That's something that people don't come back from. I mean like, even like Kobe came back and he like wasn't the player that he was before. It, it's it's tough to, when your physical body gives up on you like that, it's it's tough to come back mentally even. And I had to look at people and be like, yeah, maybe, we'll see. And people were like, this fucking batshit crazy guy is talking about maybe and zen farmers and shit but like no like that's just like what I had to believe because that's what I believed before and I had to live that
1: yeah nah. I yeah, like that yeah, one yeah. that's a good one yeah no I like that
0: one it was an little zen farmer <laughs> you reading any books right now? Uh, I'm super into the books lately I love uh, I, we, I love getting we some book recommendations
1: um, you got a book in the morning we went to the coffee shop yeah, you Wizard of Oz. It. You read it in the morning. <laughs> yeah.
0: Wizard of Oz. That was Randy and I actually went up. So we got the book. We got the. We went. We watched half of the Wizard of Oz, and then we just went and bought the book and then came back because we're super into. Randy and I talk a lot about philosophy and psycholo- psychology, and so we're getting really into like Freud and Jung, and like the subconscious, and like we just. Like, they do, they have a lot of lectures on how the Wizard of Oz is talking about Dorothy's subconscious, and it's this really cool story about these people that believe they don't have this thing, but they do have this thing. Everyone looks at themselves and they're like, I'm not beautiful, I'm not smart, I have no heart, I have no courage, but, like, we are. We, we do have those things, and maybe it's seen in different ways, but, like, throughout the story, the scarecrow who has no brain constantly comes up with the ideas. He's always the one. He's the smartest person in the group by far. And the lion who has no courage is by far the most courageous character in the entire story. And the tin man who has no heart is so empathetic of everything. He balls his eyes out when he steps on a bug. And I think that that just like ties in so well to like who we are as people. Everyone thinks that they don't have these things, but in reality they do. Like people are so, so amazing. Just in the sense that Everyone can help each other so much. And if you, like, really put your mind to it, you can, like, help people. And you are this, like, super cool, amazing human being that so many people want to talk to. And you're so intriguing. But everyone has this, like, this notion that they can't tell their story. They can't share their story because they're weird and they don't fit this cookie-colored mold. But, like, we're not normal. I'm not normal. I've had this crazy life. And, like, I'm sure you've had this crazy life. And people talk to us and they're like, oh, yeah, like, normal... I mean we're obviously we're crazy white male privilege like which is really cool in a weird way because we have been afforded like so much stuff but at the same time we've also gone through a lot of shit to get to where we're at right now.
1: Yeah, people only see the tip of the iceberg.
0: Yeah, they seeing they seeing like wolfpack and seeing someone tall like I I talked to my therapist about that and she's like just by you being tall you set off all of these things in people's minds that you're this little box, and there's so much more outside the box, not inside the box. Actually, on the outside of the box, there's all this, like, crazy stuff. But on the inside of the box, there's all this candy. Yeah. I use that because I fucking just crushed so much Halloween candy. Yeah? It's disgusting. <laughs> nice. I'm, I'm almost finished. I have I have a Hershey's box. It's too rich to eat them, like, in holes. I don't, I've given the majority of them to KT and Randy, actually. Randy yeah. just comes and steals them all the time. He's <laughs> a monster.
1: Uh, but, um... Yeah, people don't. And again, I'm just saying, certainly like common like. Oh no, man! They here, they work. Like they, judging yeah. judging a book by its cover. Yeah, it's so. And everyone's guilty of like, it. I don't care who you are. Yeah. everyone is. And again, they probably see you know a white male student athlete, and they'll be like, "Right, you've got two parents. They yeah, work. they pay for everything. You're like, <laughs> no, like, it's and the and thing again, from pe- uh." people look at me like and, and back home like I like to think I'm pretty you know I, I speak quite well and you know I am um, I have a nice house and everything and people think oh you know life's great but people don't look at the story beyond that you know right single parent background right here yeah yeah big up mum She's she's the reason I'm here yeah and people don't see that they just think okay yeah and then Going going completely off it, but when you said about people not thinking that they help other people, there's a really good book I want to read called uh, "Ego Is an Enemy" by Ryan Holiday.
0: Yeah, Kevin's gonna lend that to me. Oh, is then, he? Yeah, I can lend that Apparently to you. Apparently, it's really good. Yeah,
1: and he's he sort of goes on about how I think he's in the army mm-hmm. and how he he helps massively, but you know he doesn't need to be told. Like you don't need to be told that you've done that well. Right. You know, you don't need yeah. that satisfaction. Yeah, the positive reinforcement. Uh, that you've been told, yeah, you've done that well, or you've helped someone. You need someone to say, oh, that was really nice of you. Mm-hmm. And you don't need to feel that. That You need someone to be like, oh, okay, yeah, like, yeah, I've done it. I've helped out someone. You've got to tell me I've done well. Yeah. Like, it, it's not helping you, it's helping them, you know. Right. Like, it shouldn't be you g- getting the appreciation for making someone feel better. It should just be you naturally doing that instead of someone saying, oh, you've been a nice guy.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I. Like whenever I have like a really cool conversation with someone, it only, and they're like, oh, that was amazing. Thank you so much. It's only as good as it is until I actually see them do it. And then that's when I get my, that's my positive reinforcement is actually like observing them become a better person. That's what really like, that's what gets me going. That's what drives me home. Like, yeah. All right. Like you didn't just like waste mine and yours time. There are a lot of people that I talk to that are like, like, yeah, I'm going to do this and that and this and that. It's just a lot of talking, lots and lots of talking. But when people can actually apply that and they're like, okay, I am a master of my own universe. I control reality, which is this crazy thing. When you like really realize it, that the world is just out there to get and you can do anything. You really can. Our parents talked, like said that to us as kids. And I didn't believe it. No, my mom still
1: tells me now, she was like, you can do anything you want to do. Yeah,
0: you're like, get out of my face. That's bullshit. But then when, when like you live that and you're like, Okay, I'm going to do this stuff. And I think that there's this, I think that anxiety is not necessarily, like, a bad thing. I think anxiety is just, like, the voice in your head that tells you you should study. Or, hey, you look like shit right now. Hey, that person's looking at you. Hey, this, that. It's just the voice in your head. And the more you can kind of bring that in and rein that in to speak less on the bad things, because in reality, like, nobody really gives a shit. If you don't answer a question right, I can't tell you a single person in my bio class. I, I mean, I could, but I I can't think of anyone that's like, that I'm like, that person's dumb. That person didn't answer this question right. Because I get questions wrong. I answer questions, and I'm like, for for a split second after, I'm like, oh, fuck, why did I do that? I'm never going to answer a question. And then I'm like, nope, I'm going to answer the next question, and I'm going to get it right.
1: People, uh, like... And I'm really guilty of it. Like if I do something, I'm not good at it. I won't do it again. Yeah. And I've started to get better at it. But I remember I played with a guy and he used to love to draw. But he was like the worst artist you ever seen in your life. <laughs> I'm not not joking. Yeah. But he was like, I know I'm bad. I just enjoy doing it. Mm-hmm. Like, and I was like, fair enough. Like, and again, like you said when class, like you step in first day, you see the outline and you do the first class. You're like, oh, I'm not good at this yeah I'm gonna fail this class like that's it yeah you're like well you know and I'm guilty of that I step in and I'm like oh, it's too hard for me
0: it's so easy to create those preconceived and, notions that stuff's just gonna go to shit
1: and I've found it uh, and this is like a really small thing but um, McKay and Kendra mm-hmm. showed me how to make bracelets yeah and I love doing it like, yeah. I've got so many that not people wear. I just I think it's like a good mental break yeah. you don't think about anything you just do it and like half of mine are so bad you probably can't even wear them like mm-hmm. they're loose <laughs> and everything but I'm like I enjoy making them but yeah. at the start I'm like okay let's show me I'm like I'm not good at this like I'm not making them I don't care but like, over time you're like well I'll do it and I'll keep doing it and I enjoy doing it it doesn't matter if I'm good at it or bad at it but that's just as a kid with sport like you're probably the same as me like if you did a sport and you're like I'm not good at this I'm not going to play it
0: Yeah. like oh even god playing I tried to play left side in my first in my last year of club I got put on the left side and I remember like it's one of the only practices I vividly remember but I vividly remember talking to my friend during a water break and being like I just want to go back to right side because I'm so good at it not in like a cocky way but just like I'm just not good at passing or hitting as a left side so I want to go play right side and now I play pretty exclusively right or left side and like I think a fool that persists in his folly is a wise man I think that if you... There's nothing... Like the whole growth mindset thing. There's nothing you can't be the best in the world at if you just do it. It's not like we came out of the womb with these innate abilities to play volleyball or play soccer and we had these things. It's like those were things that were taught to us. It's it's always nature and nurture.
1: People look at that as well. Like they look at athletes and they just think like... Again, seeing the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. People like say you're just a student athlete and i'm like yeah i am like yeah i play varsity it's hard like just because i don't play the highest league in the world doesn't mean i'm not a good athlete yeah yeah i play here and that's a compliment yeah like this is a high level it's
0: like i kick the shit on myself every day (laughs) (laughs) like i go to the gym like twice a day like to to train and to work out like that's just a thing that happens at the varsity level that you have to push yourself both mentally and physically so hard that someday I mean like I can't really speak to it this year they've been going quite hard which I'm I'm really impressed about I, I like that Pat hasn't pulled it back yet I think oh my god I could go off forever about Pat There's the one of the greatest coaches I've ever yeah. been like even in the presence of he's very underrated just he guy's like a dad he like is so far as like a father figure for, to me just because like of how he runs his own family and also just how much he cares about guys. When I uh, ruptured my Achilles at first, he stayed in the hospital for eight hours and hung out like, with my girlfriend. Like, and like John, like... Yeah.
1: Honestly, I think he'd do anything for you. Like, if yeah. you said to him, like, oh, I need it," He'd be like, okay. And and that's what's so great about him. And I think you realize that, like... And it's great as a coach, like, if you give them respect, they'll give you respect straight back, you know? And... um but man management skills are so underrated. I had a prof first semester, and mm-hmm. Turwheel, she was really good, yeah. and she taught a leadership course. And she was, she was telling a story about her dad who was like a really high level swimming coach. Mm-hmm. She was like, he couldn't swim. No, he couldn't swim. She just said, but the swimmers had so much belief in him that what he was preaching was right, yeah. that they just believed it. Yeah. And I played for a coach, and they just have unbelievable time in when to step in. Yeah. They know what players need, you know, a kick up the backside or need shouting out. They know what players need an arm around them. Mm-hmm. They know their players so well and react differently to each one. Right.
0: Um, but. A great coach is a people person. In reality, that's what it comes down to. It's like, how can you make these people want to win for you? I mean, I think there are teams that they win because their coach is an asshole and they just, like, like fuck this guy. I'm we don't want to like... win
1: because we don't want the consequence of not winning. Yeah,
0: and then there are teams where it's, like, and I think those teams tail off at the end. Those teams, not not tail off in the sport, but I think they tail off in life. They, they come to this realization, that like, I'm going to do things because I hate it when I don't, like, win, kind of, as opposed to being, like, like, now, with all the stuff that Pat's taught me, it's, like, I want to succeed in life because of like how much love is put into our team. I I like only want to succeed because I want the people around me to succeed. Yeah. And I've just been afforded those tools. You ask
1: Ryan Glamour who played in our team last year. Yeah. And he won a national championship like two thousand and four. Oh whatever, cool. At UBC and, Wow. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. And he came back here and he won a bronze at nationals. Right. And I I was like, what was, and he was like, this was better by far. He said, because I was playing with guys that I just loved. Yeah. And like, this meant so much more. And people, like the subject of winning versus the object of winning. Like, last year when we won that medal, like, mm-hmm. you could take that medal away and, that the whole memories of everything. And you're like, this is with guys that I'll just give the back, you know, I'll give the shirt off my back for them. Yeah. Like, and when you have that bond, and you probably saw it last year when you went on that streak the second semester yeah. with your team. Like, you just, guys start bonding and... Oh, I would
0: I would do anything you're like, for the guys on yeah. my team. Yeah, and you're like... In a heartbeat. You
1: know, yeah, and, and, that's, and that relates a little bit back to what I said about minimum requirements, maximum effort. Yeah. And if I see a teammate giving 100%, I think leadership by example is huge. Yeah. Uh, and on our team, I think you look at people like Finn and Mitch mm-hmm. um, both captains and they're Such not they're, solid guys they're not the loud like they're not going to be shouting at players in the dressing room whatever mm-hmm. but you're just like their example they set they don't miss training sessions Yeah, you know they're going to turn up every game day you know they're going to be there you mm-hmm. know they're going to give 100% you're just like when you're on the field and you see a guy giving 100% you're like well he's giving 100% so I've got to do better yeah. and it's just a knock on effect if you have teammates like that Yeah, Um, and yeah, and like you said, the teams that just have talent and they'll get sorted out in
0: the end. Though, actually, we've been we've been having this debate lately within not necessarily our household, but within the little community, the UCH community that we have the UCH Wolfpack community. Yeah, no, exactly. So we have like a bunch of the girls living on either side of us, and we've kind of been having this. Argument about the definition of success. Like, well, what's your definition of success? I'm gonna go grab more of <laughs> you. Might continue.
1: Definition of success. Um, it's a difficult one. Uh, I think. Winning's great. Don't get me wrong. And you love winning. And I love winning. That's. Who doesn't love winning? And it makes it so much more fun. Yeah. Winning's fun. That's hands down. And, and don't get me wrong. I'm not going to sit here and say winning isn't everything. Because at our level it is. Right. We're, we're here to win. Yep. You know. Um, honestly, I don't think I can an answer for you. I don't know. I don't mean this.
0: I don't... Sorry. uh, Not necessarily in sports. Like, what's your definition of success in life, sports, whatever you want to apply it to, whatever you want want to use. We're related to sports. We'll go to life. Yeah, okay. Um, No, no, no.
1: (sighs) My definition of success in life. spilled
0: all over myself.
1: Honestly, it's changed so much over the last few years from when I was 18. I say this to loads of people. Like, if you met me when I was 18... I'm like a completely different person mm-hmm. to what I am now. But again, it's so common. <laughs> uh, it's so common, but like having no regrets, I'm lying on my deathbed and I'm like, right, I've done everything I want to do. Mm. Um, but I just want to experience everything I can. Like everything, go places, meet different people. Yeah, because when I was speak to my mum, she was like, "If I was your age, I'd travel a hundred percent," because you've got the chance to do it. And when when I made the decision to come here, there was like lots of factors that gone, and it was a really quick decision I made.
0: So what can you can you walk me through the decision process? I, because w- I'm I'm always curious about that. I'm always curious about how people decide to come. So how many miles?
1: Um. So, there was a coach back home who mm-hmm. I knew called Mick Murphy. Yeah. Again, like a father figure to me. Right. Um, like, almost unbelievable coaches I've ever had. Um, so, he, uh, he knows John really well. And John was always asking him for players the last couple of years. And he was asking for a particular player, of, you know, position and whatnot. And, and Mick thought of me. So, and I always heard Mick talk about Canada, because he always used to come out here. And he sort of put me in contact with John and, and John spoke to me and told me about it. And Mick was taking a touring team out here to come on and play a few games to Canada from the UK. Mm-hmm. So he was like, do you want to come, see what it's like and whatnot? And I was like, yeah, sure, I'll come. And I came here and we went to Vancouver instead of UBC, Cloner stayed at UBC and then we came here. And I met John, we played John, so we pl- so we play and then I met him after the game and he sort of said yeah we'd love to have you here training camp starts in three weeks <laughs> could you be back and I was sort of like well I don't want to sort of give you an answer Like, I've got to speak to my family and stuff mm-hmm. and, and I looked at it and I was like in ten years time if I came here and two weeks hated it I went home in ten years time I'll go I did it mm-hmm. didn't like it that was it I just thought, and my family drilled into my mind, in 10 or 20 years time, if I looked and I said, I wish I did that, I'd always have the regret. But if, the worst case scenario, and I always think it, I've always got home, I've always got my family at home. Worst case scenario, I can go home. Mm -hmm. I love it here, but I thought if I come and I don't like it, I can go home. There's a bed for me, people love me at home. I like to think so. (laughs) So, and then, I mean, you might have it when you when you come here with your family, but the moment when like you get you're at the airport and like it, the last day, it didn't hit me. It didn't hit me until the last day before I came, mm-hmm. and I just sat there and I was just crying. Yeah, I was just like, like, and a big part of it. And she'll hate me to say it, but my mum was at home by herself at the time, mm-hmm. and my sisters moved out and her, her boyfriend lived away. And I was just like, if I leave her by herself, I don't really want that. Yeah. But then I thought all the time and effort that my mum's put into me to get here, she would hate herself for life if I knew if she knew that I made the decision about her, if I was like I didn't go because of her. Right. She would hate that more than being by herself.
0: Yeah, that's that's like a really scary thing. Even in relationships it comes to that where like people will be like, Oh, and it's kind of like the opposite. Like, I'm sure your mom would, like, push you to do that and be like, let, me, would, let yeah. me be alone. You go. She would
1: hate for her, like I said, she'd hate for her to think that the decision was about her. Right. You know, to, to be like, you stay because you didn't want to leave me here.
0: I think that but, happens in relationships all the time, too, where you're well, like, pi- you're "Like no, stay stay and, like, be with me. And it's this, like, terrifying thing that, like, I'm really glad my, my like, first love, she was awesome. But she, we, like, had the agreement that, like, we're not going to, there's no We're, more important than yourself. Yeah, she there it's always Put about number first. one. You gotta she was like you gotta you gotta go to school. You gotta figure your shit out and like go to school and do that. And she pushed me to do that, which was amazing.
1: Oh yeah. You you <laughs> Yeah, you have to make decisions about people later. But at our age, you worry about yourself. Yeah. And and uh I spoke to one of my friends who came out here. Um she studies drama. Mm-hmm. And she went to school in New York, and she was worried. And she was like, "Well, what did you? What was your thought process?" going? And I was like, "And again, that's relating to to anything in life. You've got to sacrifice if you want to do this. You know, I knew if I wanted to play, I'd have to come here. Yeah. And and that's what you have to do to to be successful. Mm-hmm. You know. And 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 that's in life. If you've got to move away for a job or whatever, that's what you've got to do. That that's the mindset of winners and losers in life. And I think we're so lucky playing sport because I relate everything to life.
0: Yeah. You know, uh, absolutely. And, yeah.
1: And that competitive nature comes out of you in in everything you do. Yeah. Um but um yeah, it was I think it was nice to have a quick decision made for me coming here because if you yeah. have time to think about it you wait. I was like, right, I'm going. Yeah. Book my flights. I came back 11 days later I was back in Canada. Wow. Went home, packed everything. Yeah. See you later. Where you going? I'm off to Canada for a trip. No, I'm gonna live there. I'll be back in five <laughs> months, see you then. Yeah. And I came out here and first night, me and Josh Banton stayed in his apartment above here. Yeah. We got there, two air beds. So John us off, it was probably midnight. Me, me and him never met each other before. Yeah. Um, We got here. We didn't know how to blow the air beds up. <laughs> So, you just sleep on the floor? I remember we got, we got here. Josh had never seen a campus before and I'd been here before. So we went to the yep. campus. Uh, we came back, slept on the floor. And I just remember thinking, I was like, I want to go home. I was literally <laughs> like, I want to <laughs> go home. Yeah. This is me done. And again, I flew into Vancouver and I was sat in the Greyhound station in Vancouver. My bus didn't leave for like another five hours because I missed the first one. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I was crying. I was like, I want to come home. I don't want to deal with this. Yeah, and she was like, "Just ride it out," and I was like, "I don't. I want to come home now."
0: Yeah, you gotta suffer.
1: You've got to, and like that it first sucks. month. The yeah. first month was. I'm not gonna lie, it was brutal. Training yeah. camp, load of guys you never met before. Four of us in Upper College Heights apartment. Yeah. Guys never met, and and I'm I'm pre extrovert. When I get to know people, I'm pretty comfortable. But like at first, I'm pretty closed in myself, and mm-hmm. I sort of kept myself in my room and. And, and again, when I first came here, I was so soccer minded. And now I'm like, there's so many more experiences in life, like soccer and school, my priorities, of course, but I'm like, there's so much more, there's people I met, But like when I came, I was all right, this is what I'm here to do. And it it sort of meant I was like, I didn't want relations or connections, because I was like, I could leave. You know, I don't want to get make a new best friend or have a girlfriend. So I'm like, right, I could I could hate it and go home. Or yeah. I have to make a decision over someone else. Right. Like, I don't want to dive into like, because I'm like, I'm going to have to make a decision. Like, if I leave, I'm going to take this into account and that into account. I'm it's, like,
0: it's terrifying. Like, p- And people do that a lot. It's really, really scary to have those, like, like, you do put your foot in the door in relationships and in friendships and in life. You're always thinking, like, I could just leave, and it might suck for a while, but I'll be okay in a little bit. And that, that becomes, like, a really tough thing within everything. Because you're you can always leave. You can always leave and you'll be okay one day. But it's it's the understanding of like what you actually have in that moment and being able to be like, I could probably suffer a little bit more. If I suffer a little bit more, then this'll probably be okay. And like people do that all the time. It's the self sabotage of being like I I'm just like scared of being like really happy and I'm scared of like how I'm thinking right now. So if I leave, I'll be fine. I was happy before, and I'll be happy again.
1: That's gonna. It doesn't matter what you do in life. People are always gonna get sad and worried and stuff.
0: Yeah, there are always those crazy peaks and valleys of life. They like they're unavoidable. There there has to be and a that's, valley that's to have a I peak. That's why I
1: said before, like, if something good happens, I never think it's too good. And if something bad happens, I never think it's too bad. Mm-hmm. So, I'm, you know, people like think something's good, they think it's really good. If it's bad, it's really bad. Just try not to overthink everything yeah you
0: gotta not have those like pleasure the pleasure spikes I mean we've talked about the my my theory on like pleasure happiness and joy but like you gotta not have those like spikes in like everyday life where it's you have these crazy high peaks because if you have these crazy high peaks you're gonna have these crazy low valleys yeah, the best
1: one of the best things I heard and I spoke to Morgan about it mm-hmm. shout out to Morgan yeah and, Riggs oh, oh what a beauty love her yeah and yeah. You said to me the steak analogy. Oh, the steak dinner. I love that. Yeah. Like, I, I I physically use it now. I'm like, right, yeah. Yeah. Because you do, you've got to prioritize the important stuff, and it is selfish. But now I prioritize myself, mm-hmm. and you know you say that's selfish, but at the end of the day, that's what truly does
0: matter you're going to be the person you die with you have to love yourself more than anything else like yeah. you're not going to die with all the other people that you're sacrificing a lot of stuff for and you do have to make sacrifices sorry I'll explain the the steak dinner analogy to yeah, no. yeah um, do it <laughs> use it people yeah. use it so I actually got this from a really good friend of mine Andre Arsenal, who he actually taught me he got me into meditation him and Ken McLaughlin got me into meditation I like, want to speak to heavy. you about that yeah okay um, yeah no absolutely no I'd love to
1: the podcast I was listening to Mentality Steve Ward yeah talks about it yeah and how big a part it plays crazy, in his man. performance
0: it's nuts we'll but
1: again we'll
0: just get yeah, yeah i we'll, forget, I forget I, okay
1: i don't think i'd have to and he talked about it like the patience to start with it takes i'll sort of be sat there and like after a minute I'll be right, i'm bored i'm not i'm very much like that yeah and it's really bad if i don't see progression straight away i'm like oh yeah, yeah. that's it i'm not I don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. I'm like, that,
0: that's the whole like suffering thing. Okay, we'll go to the steak thing and then we'll come back yeah. to because I I think this is a very cool topic. Um, so you you basically have to look at your life as this huge steak dinner and you have a steak and you have maybe broccoli, Brussels sprouts. Um, I mean, depending on what you really want with your steak dinner, uh, mashed potatoes, maybe um, some cranberry sauce. Head to Mister Mike's if you want the best steak <laughs> in town. By the way. Yeah. Harry, free drinks all night. <laughs> <laughs> all right, stake analogy, stake analogy. Um, so, a lot of the times in relationships and in life, these other arbitrary things become your stake, and it's not you anymore that's your stake. Like, to me, at points in my life, volleyball has become my stake, and then when my volleyball turns to shit, uh, there's nothing really else in my life. And I've I've had love before where that person becomes the stake, and I've become the stake for that person. And that just becomes this really gross codependent relationship that's like very very unhealthy. So I I believe that you have to have, you have to be your steak, because as a whole your life is this plate. And if your sport leaves you, or if your girlfriend leaves, or sorry, significant other leaves, then you don't have a steak anymore. You don't have a steak dinner. You just have all these chippings of what would be a great meal if there was a steak. But if you're your steak and like sports is your broccoli and your significant other is your Brussels sprouts and your asparagus is school. And those things start to leave you one by one, which happens in life. And like work can leave and athletics can leave and significant other, can, others can leave. But when those things leave and you still have yourself as the steak, you still have your steak dinner. You're still going to sit down and mow this giant steak because it's like, I mean, who doesn't love steak? It's, it's, I mean, like I was trying to, do I was trying to be vegetarian for a while but um I just enjoy meat way too much and I'm, I'm I would it's love fine. to do it soon yeah like I think that I'm gonna try to do around like a seven or eight day fast when I come back from the break and then go back into playing but
1: yeah someone told me about that yeah like the, uh, I think is it the, the keto warrior diet or something. yeah ketogenics it's, it's basically where you like fast for Eighteen hours, or like twenty hours, and you eat in like a four-hour window, or something like that.
0: Yeah, um, to go into ketosis, you it's like six
1: PM to ten PM. You eat, and then you fast for the yeah. That day.
0: that's intermittent fasting. Okay, um, and
1: I, I spoke to him, and he was like, honestly, I feel so energized. Yeah,
0: razor focused because you're at like calorie deficit, so you're always like, it. I would I would can I would compare it to meditating. So to finish off the steak analogy, like you have to be the steak in your life or else things are going to leave you like things do. There are always peaks and valleys, and one day things are just going to leave, and there's not going to be a rhyme or reason for it, but things in life just happen, and the, the more positive you can be about those things leaving, the faster you can get back to the level you were at and learn from that and become better than you were before because, like, if you don't get better through suffering, you're really just getting worse. Even if you get to the same level, I don't think that you've really taken the opportunity of suffering and ran with it. Um, it's so like with a steak dinner, you have to be your steak because if everything else leaves, you still have your steak dinner. But if every if something else becomes your steak dinner, then you just have these scraps that you would otherwise feed to your pooch. Um, yeah, no. But with the ketogenic thing, I would con- like I've I've done that before, and I would consider that very. I would compare that very heavily to meditation, in the way that I'm like if I meditate. Like recently, I've I've had a lot of time. Um, and I've been able to read a lot and I've been meditating like three to four times a day for at least 15 minutes each. And there's this awesome meditation room into you that's an absolute dream. Yeah, I yeah, know, it's amazing. This is
1: going back to like your mental, about how you turn this huge negative in your life to something positive. Yeah. Like for me, if I'm injured, I'm just sat in a room like why I'm injured. It's mm-hmm. not me, it's my body like yeah, punishing me. I haven't, and again, thinking about decisions, When I did my knee, we were on the ferry back from uh, Victoria and I was with Tim Hutton, great coach, our assistant, and literally pretty much in tears. And I was like, because how I did it, it wasn't a big injury, but our season's really short, so I missed most of the season. Yeah, absolutely. And I was like, uh, I'm trying to explain it, but like uh, he was running and there was sort of a ball and I decided not to tackle him, I decided to sort of, back off because I thought I'd get there first mm-hmm. and I just ended up locking my studs and my cleats in the ground and, and my knee went um, and he said to me well you could have tackled him you could have broke your leg like because I was like I should have tackled him I shouldn't have made that decision I should have done this and he was yeah. like well you could have tackled him and broke your leg that was and I was like oh, yeah I could have and he was like don't think about that because something could have happened if you did that don't dwell on it mm-hmm. you know and he was like, try to turn it into a positive. Which yeah. I didn't do in the end, but... Right. For what you've done, honestly... <laughs> no, honestly, I, I
0: c- can't get over what you've done. It's it's been, a, it's been a pretty crazy experience. No, but like any decision that you make is the right decision. Because when you look back, it's the only decision. It's that's That grows into the person that you are and you become. And if you like really love that person, then you're like, okay, yeah, that was the right decision. I've made some decisions even recently that I'm like, that hurt, that shit hurt a lot. Like emotionally, physically, I've made some decisions like, ah, probably shouldn't have done that. Probably should have waited till the morning and made a more clear decision. Yeah. Yeah. Like call me in a week kind of thing. Um, but like, when I look back, I'm like, no, I wouldn't have made that decision any other way because I did make that decision and I can't look back and be like, I wish I didn't do that because I did and that's it, it's all about in the moment and using your momentary emotions to make decisions and sometimes that's really good and sometimes it doesn't work out the way that you want it to but life doesn't work out the way that you want it to mm-hmm. which is a, a reality that's you have to face as, as regrettable as that may be yeah. you just have to understand the like hey sometimes life isn't going to be the best thing in the world sometimes life's going to kind of beat the shit out of me and I, I love the I don't think it was Mike Tyson. I think it was his coach that everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. Yeah. Everyone walks into the game with this huge game plan and they're like, we're going to do this and that and this. And then the other team does something you're not expecting. You're like, holy fuck. Now we're like for volleyball. It's like now we're five points down because we just keep letting them punch us in the face because we're so stunned. And that's what happens in life. That was like a big thing. I was like, all right, like just ruptured my Achilles. What's next? What do I have to do? How do I like progress from here? how do I how do I continue and how do I make myself better? and for me, I think a big thing has been developing myself more mentally than physically because that's always been yeah. kind of a thing that I've been able to do is just go to the gym and work out really hard and go to class and be good in class just because of my like yeah. natural ability. but now it's like, okay, I'm reading like three to four books in a weekend and just like crushing and meditating a ton. So sorry, we can get back to the meditation thing um I, oh, quickly on that, yeah.
1: Uh, one that uh, sticks with me—you never lose, mm-hmm. you always win and learn. Yeah, and that's like huge, you know. You, and it only takes me now until you figure it out, like, in the relation life. Someone when they first told me that, they were like, I went into my first job interview. Uh, they did, and I was like, we well, like they were like my first ever interview. Um, and they, I was like, were well, you nervous? And they were like, Well, the worst thing that comes out of it is my first ever interview. I go, best thing, I get the job. Worst thing is, I've done my first interview. If I've done something wrong, I've learned from it. I, I'll take that to the next interview mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. And that's what you've got to do. Yeah. Because you think, oh, that's it. You know, you just got to. But again, it's only until you get older you realize that. Right. And when you're 18, you're like, oh, I lost. That's the end yeah. of the world. That's oh, it. yeah. And you don't look back at it. But and until you realize that as an individual, you don't.
0: Well, especially when it's the worst thing that's ever happened to you. Because like, that's the reason the kids throw tantrums. And I think that people don't really realize that is because when you take away that kid's soccer ball or you take away that kid's candy, that is the worst thing that's ever happened to them. They have such a narrow range of experience that they're like, you taking that away from me is literally the worst thing that's ever happened to me. So when you put it into that perspective, then their actions are I actually accounted for. You're like, okay, I understand that.
1: I had this conversation with my grandma uh, when I did my knee. Because it was... Not at all a big injury, Mm -hmm. but I was just like I was just so down. I was like crying, and he was like, "It's not the end of the world." I was like, "Well, to me, it is." Yeah, because this is everything to me. Right, and I can't do it. So yeah, to me, it is the end of the world. Mm -hmm. Like,
0: yeah, totally, and that's what shitty is. There's so many. I mean, like, I'm I'm talking to one of my friends who's like going through the tail end of a breakup kind of thing, and he. He, like, we talked a lot and he was like, I was like, how you doing, man? He's like, oh, like, I'm, I'm like, I'm good. Thanks. How are you? And I was like, don't fucking lie to me. Like, I know, <laughs> I know you're not good. I know you're not okay. I've,
1: I've grew up in a, a household with all women. So yeah. when, when people say they're fine, I know they're not. Yeah. When they oh, get, yeah. them, I'm fine. No, yeah. you're not fine. Lay it on me.
0: Yeah, no, yeah. totally. And people want to talk. That's the thing. People are always like, ask me how I'm doing. Ask me how I'm doing. Ask me. And it, it, you're it, probably, it, Sorry
1: again, I'm asking no, no, you, but okay.
0: like, you probably got sick
1: of it. Whenever people saw you, they were probably like, oh, how's the Achilles? Yeah. How's the Achilles? Still. How is it? And you're like, oh, hang on a minute. There's more to me than just volleyball. Yeah. Like, just because I've done this doesn't mean I'm not, like, not going to do anything in life now. Yeah. Like, there's more to you than that. Yeah. You know, and you're like, like this isn't the only part of me. Like, yeah. I can do other stuff.
0: That becomes like a weird thing is like... How's the Achilles and I like I've turned into a joke where I like kind of just joke around about it. I'm like, yeah, like I can I can like kind of like hobble now. Like I can't really walk. It like hurts to wake up in the morning and stuff and god, Kev did some uh you yeah, oh my god. I've n- I think it feels worse now than it did when I first wow. got out of my boot. Like it hurts so much. Um that's okay though. But yeah, like I like joke around about it now because it's like it's it's every day it's like people like hey how you doing i'm like i mean like relatively good i mean if you would ask me a year ago and tell me like hey you're you're not gonna walk (laughs) for six months
1: you probably thought that as well when like you were saying all that happened like you lost your job and you broke up with your girlfriend and you ruptured your achilles people like how are you and you're like actually kind of shit to be honest yeah yeah yeah, the whole thing of like do i look okay yeah (laughs) i'm on crutches Yeah, yeah, I'm great, yeah, thanks.
0: Yeah, the whole like not, that comes back to the whole like social cultural (laughs) thing of like, hey man, how you doing? Good, thanks, how are you? No, I'm fucking awesome, best day of my life. When it's reality, it's like, oh no, like my girlfriend broke up with me and I like have all this like crazy shit going on. Like everyone's thinking that, like people are like, oh, like no, I'm getting a divorce, but like I'm doing awesome. Like that's how I'm gonna portray myself to other people. And that becomes this thing of like, authenticity and being able to be honest and open with people. And if people ask you that question, having having the understanding with like your best friends, that like, I would say that to Charlie. And so that that, that did happen is that there was probably a month and a half um, where I just didn't say that I was good ever, or even say that I was okay. It was just like, hey man, how you doing? Oh, pretty shit, thanks, how are you? And they're like, uh, I good? Do you want to talk about it? No, not really. Like I've, I'm just like dealing with stuff and figuring stuff out and that's okay. But that's just like a thing that happens and it's okay to not be okay. I think that's a big, that's a big thing that people talk about all the time and they're like, man, it's okay to not be okay. Uh, they we, we run all these things that are like uh, bell. Let's talk yeah. and like talk to me. And we
1: spoke about, um, before mm-hmm. when you're helping people, honestly, you don't need to help just sit there and listen. Yeah. Sit there and listen to someone. Cause you know, when you're feeling down or angry, you just want to speak to someone. You don't even want advice. You just want to lay it on someone. You just want to go off. And, and then like my mum's so good at that. Like yeah. she will just sit and listen. I'm just like laying in. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, and you like feel better now. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. When, um, yeah, my SO and I split up initially, I would just like, I'd practice walking for like two hours in my house and just like talk to my mom and just like just talk and kind of go off and I would get her opinion on stuff. But yeah, no, I think I mean, that's a big thing is like not lying to other people about how you are because in reality, you just turn out to be lying to yeah. yourself and you come to this like self-fulfilling prophecy like, oh, I'm good, therefore I am good. But in reality, like you're not actually good. So then you then you hit this point where you're like, why am I not good? Like, I keep telling people that I'm good, I keep telling myself that I'm good, so why am I not good?
1: Have you ever seen the, I, I told you about it months ago, I never showed you, it was like a photo,
0: mm. it was like a
1: cartoon, and it was like a man smiling. I have seen that. And then that. like, yeah. inside his head was like, see-through, and you just saw like a little boy like hunched over. Yeah. And you're like, just cause someone on the outside smiling doesn't mean.
0: Even the ones of like, the people with their like, meat suits, where they wake up in the morning, it's like a big smiling meat suit, and then they're like this cripplingly depressed person that they just like put on this like really happy facade. And I think oh my god, I think social media plays this like huge role in that of being like you constantly have to be happy. You have to be living this like best self I, because yeah. everyone else is living this best self. And it's it's it, such
1: a time waster. Oh like I find myself like I'm waiting in a line, I'll be like, Okay, I'll just check Instagram. Like why am I checking this? I went on a I went on a week cleanse.
0: Yeah it's good hey
1: before the start of the season yeah first game UFE. i and I cleanse because i was like i'm gonna focus myself 100 percent. yeah i'm not gonna do anything I, I didn't have anything i deleted it all mm-hmm. and it was just so nice like i got up in the mornings i got up straight away i was like i didn't excuse me waste time like on social media in the morning yeah i was like yeah this is nice read more you're like this isn't but then after that i was like i'm getting it back and i just got it back
0: it's addictive it's addictive it it releases dopamine in your brain like it's it's, that
1: pleasure that you talked about yeah
0: it literally releases chemicals in your brain that make you happy how can you say no to that it's a drug
1: if people like doing it do it like i'm not saying delete it if people like posting and and like that, they get their joy from that or they like getting the joy from likes. Like, that's fair enough, that's yeah. what you like. Yeah, do it. If that makes you happy, as long as you're happy. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: it just makes me sad now, actually. Like I, I, I read down I sometimes. Yeah, I get anxious. I read download it sometimes and like, I'll I'll check my, my friends always send me like these golden retriever posts because I fucking love uh, golden retrievers. There's
1: a, I follow so many pages. There's a retrieve Instagram one. It's really good. <laughs>
0: I, I actually sat at Therapy Dogs for like two hours today and just pet woofers. It was amazing. But like, uh, so I'll re-download it and then for like a day or two while I'm like checking my messages, I'll just like have it and then I'll just like go on it all the time. It's just instinctual. I'll, and now, but then when I delete it, I feel so much better and I delete Snapchat and like all my, like all, I don't have social media on my phone anymore because it just makes me feel shitty after having it gone and then having it again. It's just like, why am I doing this? Am I gonna remember? Like, any who's of the liking things? what
1: what's doing in your life?
0: I'm like, am I gonna remember any of the pictures that I look at in in a week, a day? If if I go to someone that like checks Instagram constantly and I say, Hey, what did this person post say? The likelihood they're gonna be able to tell me is so slim to none. Like, do people really care what each other are doing? And it just becomes this thing of like, you don't really care about what the person's doing, but it's just the picture itself. It's like this person's happy. I should be happy because you want to live, th- your. you want to portray your best self. You put on this crazy fake mask and my friend and I, my friend Ken and I joked around like, you never post on Instagram like, holy shit guys, like life's going sideways. All this crazy stuff's happening to like, me.
1: You're ca- like, I'm like, no, i haven't like, no, why, why do I need to post a show? I'm having a good, people live their life through a camera. Yeah. Like, like there's so many things like, when you go to sport and events, and you're like concerts, and I'm like, you're there. Like, why do you want to film this? Yeah, like you're there, live it. <laughs> Are you gonna
0: watch this video of the concert in two like months? you're looking
1: through the phone? Like, you might as well have just watched it off someone else's. It's like and people, it's pretty ridiculous. Yeah, people, and then like you get people like when we we're at Lake Louise, we went to Lake Louise last preseason. Mm-hmm. We stopped off. for went to Calgary. And I've never been. And it was like the most unbelievable
0: place. Did you guys go to Moraine Lake? Uh, It's like just up the road from Lake Louise. You'd know. It's like the color of a sapphire. It's unbelievable.
1: Yeah. I think we did. It was by the big hotel.
0: Uh, That would be Lake Louise. But Lake Moraine Lake. It might have been closed. It closes Um, in the winter, but it's gorgeous. uh,
1: And like, there's just so many people. Like, I just stood there for like a couple minutes and I was just like, wow this is unbelievable and like yeah I took some photos of course I did but like people just there taking photos right snap it snap it okay yeah done alright let's go yeah just
0: get out of their car go take a couple pics leave what are you doing if you don't post an Instagram of something did you really do it
1: oh yeah (laughs) yeah
0: yeah no but I think I think it's like really difficult to not get in that like condescending voice of like an ego trap where you're like oh all these people are on Instagram like I'm so much better than them but in reality it's like I feel the same thing a lot with like meditation and even like certain dieting is when you, when you live the other side, it's really tough to watch people living like on the opposite side of the fence. And you're like, this side really is greener. It, it might seem like this weird thing, but like I, in in no, at no moment do I look back and I'm like, God, I wish I drank more pop and God, I wish I ate more processed foods. And I wish I was on social media more. And I wish I watched a lot more TV because there are these things in life that like actually propel you and they're so much tougher. God, I'm getting back to the meditation thing. So your whole thing about not being able to meditate, there's this another Zen story because obviously I really enjoy Zen stories um, of these four horses and there's the best horse and the best horse is going to run before you whip it. And then there's the third best horse and, sorry, the second best horse, not the third best horse. The second best horse is going to run right before it feels the whip on its skin. The third best horse is going to run after you whip it. And the worst horse is going to run after you whip it twice. So you have to whip it a few times for it to run. And it's honestly good to be the worst horse. It's good to be in that thing of like, all right, I'm the shittiest person at this. So I have the most room to grow. Um, like Tim Dobbert is someone who's the best horse. That guy is unbelievable. He works out more than anyone that I know. And he, like his body's like falling apart, but simultaneously he knows that he has to work out to get his body better. And he comes to the gym every day and just like kills it. The guy is yeah. unbelievable. And he's one of the best volleyball players and people that I've ever met. But like, and I don't. Well, I
1: think it's, it's, it's good to see someone who's so talented who works hard. Yeah. And, and this is opposite, but, like, as a teammate, give me 10 of the players that are half as talented but work as hard as they can yeah. and apply themselves right. Give me that over 10 of the talented players who don't care. yeah. If you're prepared to, to work, you know, that, that's literally all you can ask of someone.
0: Yeah, and Tim's this crazy anomaly of being, like, one of the most talented volleyball players I've ever met. And at the same time, being one of the hardest people I've ever met, and then there are other people that don't that are like bad, like not good. But I would I, I love coaching people that are not very good, both in life and in sports, because then they make these crazy strides and they see things and they're able to almost excel past what those those wait the worst horse can get better than the first horse because they have to work so much harder to get there and like i think that i think at one point tim was the worst horse and that's why he is now the best oh horse. yeah
1: and and i i said that at the start like i've never been a, a an extremely talented or like you know when you look at it, the best horse yeah but i've would always worked hard mm-hmm. and um i think you can't take that away from anyone yeah and it is a mindset i think it, it it grows on you but it is born in you as well mm-hmm. and i think that 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 mindset of okay um and it it took me a while to realize like if things don't go right in a game or whatever and you start your head drops and you're like oh, okay like this is it i'm done for the whole game worst case scenario just work hard yeah that's, that's all you can do apply yourself right work hard and, and that's it if it goes wrong it goes wrong that's gonna happen you're not gonna play a maze in every, every yeah. game um, but that's a good that's a good story yeah I like that one. and
0: going back to the meditation thing like I was at one point the worst horse like yeah. now, now I can sit down and like for like 40 minutes an hour and just like sit there and be like oh, in yeah. zen can't. and I'm
1: just really like hyperactive not in that but I, do, I can't sit there do
0: you want this one Carlo? Okay, do you want to. What do you want to do with it? Do you want to cut it shorter? Or? Just. Uh, do you have to get out of here? I totally understand. No, but it's on, the memory card's only got about another 30 minutes Okay. You good with that? Hmm? You good with that? Oh, yeah. Just, just give me a heads up. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Thank you very much. Um, 29 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, like, yeah, like with the. Like, I. And at one point, I couldn't sit down for more than, like, 30 seconds. And I couldn't sit down and be like, I'd sit down and be like, fuck, that must have been that must've been an hour. That must have been 10 minutes. And I'd check my phone and be like, it's the same minute. It is the same, God, like, it could have been 15 seconds. It could have been f- like 59 seconds, but it's the same minute. And it just, it's that thing of like pounding that into your head. And it's so goddamn hard. It's not even hard mentally at some point. It's really hard physically. It gets to that point where you're like, Alright, I've been sitting down in this posture, my hips hurt, my back hurts more than it's ever hurt before, my knees are in absolute pain, there's this thing, you have like the achy legs of Zen, where you like, by like sitting in Zen posture, your your legs start to hurt a lot, and like getting out of it, you like, slow like an old man, you're just like, oh my god, my knee's gonna pop out if I try to move anymore, and... After a while, that goes away, and I think that's when it becomes fun, when I, when I can sit, like, now I can sit down for 20 minutes and, like, not think about my body at all, so I'm just consistently in my mind, like, I think the progression goes, like, first you must soften your breath, and then you must soften your body, and only then can you soften your mind, like, your breath has to be very in tune, you have to be able to, like, breathe into your stomach and not be constantly up and down in your chest and your shoulders, and then after that, you can start to focus a little bit more on your body and, like, that becomes, like, a big part of meditation is being able to put that physical pain to the side with your mental capability and being able to, like, push those thoughts of, like, my body hurts so much and being able to be like, nope, that is just, that's a sensation that I'm feeling and I can put any cognition onto that. I can change the way that I'm perceiving this. And then after that, after you've you've hit both of those landmarks, you can finally just be like, okay. Now I don't have to worry about my breath because it's so consistent. and I don't have to worry about my body because I've learned how to deal with the pain and now there is no pain. And then you get to this point of like, now I'm just with myself and I can just allow my thoughts to flow through. And it's not like a lot of people talk about meditation as in like pushing these thoughts away and clearing your mind. But in reality, I like to think of it as more of like, there's this huge rain cloud over top of your mind which is this steady still lake and the only way that you can allow the lake to settle is by allowing the rain cloud to pour out in no way can you settle the lake by trying to flatten it with an iron you're only going to disturb that lake more and muddy the water if you try to push these thoughts away they're just going to keep coming back and coming back and getting worse so you just have to let your mind wander and you have to let your mind do all these things and you have to have all these thoughts. Uh, I use journaling really, really heavily for that, for just like getting these thoughts out of my head because, geez, especially in like really emotional times for me, I journal often, like maybe like five or six times a day. I just have a journal on me at all times. And it's like, I feel shitty, I feel angry, I feel sad, I feel happy, then I'll just journal it.
1: I never check what I write. I never I'd, do. Grammatically, if you were to check mine, it'd be horrible. I am. I like swearing my, cause I just, I'm like, yeah. oh,
0: shit, yeah. okay. This is yeah. I'm pretty sure I'm illiterate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 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 quite bad at spelling. Um, I mean it's getting better, but there's sometimes we're like. But then oh, again,
1: that's getting better. Yeah. Because yeah, you're journaling.
0: Yeah. Avery will be like, you misspelled like that, like it like I'm sure it's something as simple as the sometimes. She's like, you misspelled I, and I'm like ah yeah no an H will work. Yeah. <laughs> but um. Yeah, no, like, meditation becomes this, like, really cool, crazy thing that it's, like, it's hard to talk about because, like, you just kind of have to understand it. But, like, you hit these certain levels of, like, at some point you just, like, can't feel your body anymore. And, yeah, yeah, it, it becomes insane. You kind of feel more attached to the universe because you realize that, like, you're just tricking yourself into being consciousness. You're, the whole universe is this, like, interconnected thing and there's no hierarchy in reality, I'm sure this microphone stand is gonna be is gonna last longer than I am. <laughs> like I'm just gonna be consistently recycled, and I'm gonna help to produce for the next thing. Mm-hmm. And there's no point in nice. me getting into this ego trap of being like yeah. I'm better than things because I'm a human being. Like, no, like I'm pretty sure dogs feel anxiety, and I'm pretty sure all these other animals feel anxiety, and they can communicate. And I have this crazy theory about how one day we're gonna be able to finally interpret what like animals are thinking and talking about and saying because, like cows go into this crazy depression if their best friend gets taken away if their best friend gets taken away they, they go into this like mad depression they get super duper sad and they can die because of it and that's like insane to me that we haven't like come to terms with that and we're like okay these things are alive and they the idea that we're the only thing that can feel like awareness and have friends and a life is insane to me. I mean, like prairie dogs can make like 14, I mean a hundred, like humans can make like a hundred different noises. And like, I think English has around like 30 to 40, but like every language will add like a few and like Spanish, like you can roll an R like, yeah, and um, it's like, you can like roll R's and stuff, but like people that only speak English for their whole life can't do that. But like prairie dogs have 14 of these, prairie dogs and guinea pigs, so they can communicate And the fact that, like, us as humans not necessarily, like, aren't evolved enough, but, like, we just can't perceive other things to be as good as we are, that just, like, blows my mind. And I think one day we're going to be able to, like, interpret what cattle are thinking, and then it's going to be this huge, like, crazy thing that's way worse than, like, the slave trade was because these cattle are going to be like, no, like, you killed and ate my ancestors for years and you put us into these crazy disgusting slaughterhouses and it's going to be insane and that's just going to be like another road that we come to in terms of like having peace among all worlds and we're going to be able to actually like cultivate these relationships and be able to provide for one another yeah Yeah, that'd be cool yeah Yeah. any more questions? um Yeah, man, what music are you into? What music am I into? Yeah, what? Yeah, all right. Yeah, I have like two more ish. These are just like very broad. Okay, I'll yeah. go for it. Music.
1: Um, I can sound generic, but I, I'm, I'm a big fan of all music. Um, but my favorite, I love bands. British bands. Arctic Monkeys. Uh, so good. Yeah. Uh, I love a band called Circle Waves. You get a chance to listen to them. Circle Waves? Yeah, Circle Waves. Yeah, like a summer band, like an indie band. Oh, cool. Yeah, They're yeah. They're good. Cortina's, the Manchester band, mm-hmm. that sort of vibe. Yeah. Um. Uh, I'm partial to a bit of rap. I yeah. like it. I love J. Cole. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Because lyrically. Yeah. I love it. Um, but again, my bands, Stone Roses, Manchester band in the 90s, mm-hmm. really good. um, What am I listening to recently? I was listening to a band called Oh Wonder. Yeah. Have you heard them, dude? So some of the stuff they've
0: got, like yeah, it's so good. I um yeah, I've just been recently getting back into them, and they're like very very good. I just like overplayed them so hard. Like a year or two ago, when when Kyle Taylor and I we like kind of lived together for a summer. I lived at his place in Calgary. And, like, we would just, like, we'd play League of Legends all night and play volleyball, like, just pepper all day. And that's, like, what we did was just crush music like that, and it was awesome. Yeah,
1: it's so good. Yeah. Um, the best music is so the one that brings back memories. You know, you, like, hear it, and you're, like, yeah. uh, like you think of something when you hear it. Yeah. Yeah, that's the best
0: kind. Nostalgic music that you're Uh, like, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, the best ones.
0: Yeah, I've, I've started doing that a little bit more, making like playlists and stuff for like a situation, like going traveling and you'll make a playlist and then you listen to that playlist later. And it's not necessarily the songs that trigger those memories, but it's those songs in that succession that you're like, you know, when you're like, hear a song and as the song ends you're thinking of the next song I think song. of people all the time when yeah. I hear songs yeah like no, and I think that's like a really cool thing that like those things can be like projected as like a stimulus for our memory and you're like oh like I heard this song and then like there's songs that make me feel like really sad sometimes and there are songs that make me feel like really happy sometimes sometimes those get muddied by what happens in like yeah. the present but like yeah no it's like very very cool
1: mm, yeah. yeah sweet
0: yeah have you ever um so you're more into like indie alt kind of stuff
1: yeah that's my sort of that's my vibe yeah yeah my um uh my mom's boyfriend she's been with ian for 13 years now nice uh when i was when he first sort of came when i started to like music he got me into like the arctic monkeys and Mm. everything and um and like, again, like I hear music like that and I just think of like memories and- Yeah. Yeah, um love my indie, like 1975. Yeah, um, very good. I'm quite into easy listening music like that. You mm-hmm. know, you're just sort of like in the background or when you're walking about and you're listening to it. Yeah. Um, but that like circle waves sort of simmers nice here. like very summer mm-hmm. band. Nice. Um, uh, who else? Big Lionel Richie fan. Yeah? Love Lionel, yeah, nice. yeah. Lionel Richie's the man. My man, yeah. Yeah, okay. he's the man, I love him. Uh, uh, so he's like my go-to pleasure that I listen to, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, Indy's my, my favorite. Because like, this is the big, best gigs to go to. Right, oh um, my
0: God, for sure.
1: And uh, uh, there's a really good artist from my hometown, I think you'd like, called Beth Pryor.
0: Beth
1: Pryor. yeah I'll send you some of her songs Kay. sort of like a like a um, singer songwriter mm-hmm. and she's just got some really good stuff so I'll send you that nice yeah um, no, I love that Thank And you. but she's like really unknown yeah but she's got some good stuff and it's all sort of, like easy listening like background and yeah like, all my players like chill players got like O oh, Wonder and stuff on you just sort yeah. of sit back we're gonna blow her up right here right yeah, now yeah Sunset Lover it. that's one of my yeah. favourite songs yeah biscuit have you heard it
0: no i'm gonna have to write these oh down. it's
1: just such a chilled song and yeah. it's got a good memory to that so nice yeah, yeah. No,
0: those are the good songs where you're like yeah this feels good yeah but like
1: you see it and i'm like i listen to a song and i'm like oh i remember that when i was hammered at a festival with my friends <laughs> in a field and i'm like yeah, yeah.
0: they're good times yeah no totally. good times yeah i just started getting back into um uh, John Mayer's Continuum is like a really good album. Oh yeah? Yeah, it's like a great it listen. It, it's pretty soft, it's pretty but it's just so good it's like him going through like a breakup kind of thing and like figuring shit out and it's just like unbelievable, such a good like full record, just very raw and I listened to a song for the first time like today that was a part of it and I was like it just reminded me like of so many times in my childhood when I listened to that song and I was like what song is this? And then I just started like jamming out and I was like,
1: yeah, this feels good. Like, well, awesome. yeah, it's like, my childhood. John Mellencamp came to no play Camp Loops. Did yeah. you not know that? Oh yeah. Yeah. John um, Cougar Mellencamp. Yeah. Uh, reeves and, and Kev went. He's like one of my mum's favorite artists. Yeah. Like of all time. And I was like, I can't think of any songs he did. And she played me one. And I was like, I just remember you singing that all the time. And I was like, I didn't even know it was him. I just Clark was and,
0: like, Kev, and Kev, not reeves and Kev. But yeah. yeah, no, that's hell yeah. What's your favorite full record? I have like this I have a playlist on my Apple music that's just like best full records and like Peach. Uh, Pit. Album? Yeah. Yeah, sorry, album. Record. Yeah. Got an old school there. Yeah. I got my I got my record player that I <laughs> Oh you have one? Yeah. Have you not seen it? Yeah, no, I'll go I, see it I, after nine. Yeah, no, totally I've got a, some vinyls on? Yeah, I'll yeah. play um. Lord Huron's "Vide Noir is like my favorite yeah. record. Yeah, no, Hand got it for me, like, uh, a little bit before we split. And then I, it, I, like, it's about this, another, like, a breakup. And he just goes through these, like, crazy peaks and valleys of, like, we're gonna get back together to, like, You Never Loved Me. And it's just, like, kind of funny. But, yeah, no, it, that's, like, one of my favorite records. Like, it's so, so good and so, so raw. I've almost, I've probably almost played that one out. It's, uh, yeah. it's it's getting a little bit raw, Yeah. yeah. I mean I'm sure I'll be able to use it for forever but um, I've played it so many times it's just again so it, good. it's pretty common but
1: the f- like one of my early memories of music the first Arctic Monkeys album whatever people say that's what I'm not yeah like if you listen to it lyrically it's just like so true and you're just like it's just funny and you're like totally yeah, I, I find it good. so
0: different too when you like listen to um, a full record because it's <laughs> Sammy just ran in with like four boxes of Catan and stuck so <laughs> you can come in um, yeah no I think that's like I think it's so cool to listen to like a full record because you get the story of it in reality it's it's a storybook it's someone's life that they've chronicled and they've that's put it, always, they've put in their succession that's like
1: the first album's were always the best yeah because they've had all their life up till then to write the music yeah and if they release an album year late it's always like they've had a year to do it like yeah. that's your whole life up till then yeah yeah, I
0: think, like, the big traumas in your life also create these crazy, amazing albums. I mean, and even... Yeah, and I, I think what happened with, like, even Eminem is with his... on No, not Encore. What was the one? Sammy, what was the relapse. one? Relapse. Was it Relapse? That he got um. a lot of criticism for. Yeah. That he started to, like, do things that, like, other people wanted him to do, but at the same time, he, like, wasn't doing stuff that he wanted to do. So it became, like, this kind of shitty thing of being, like... I'm doing this for other people as opposed to myself. And then that leads to like a worse off quality of album. And yeah. So I think like having that first album where it's just like, you're just doing this for you. You're just doing this to mess around with some buddies and have a lot of fun. And yeah, no, those are like the greatest ones. All right. Um, one more. Um, what do you enjoy learning about? Like what's your, what's your shit? Wow, that's my shit. (laughs) Uh, I've been figuring that out.
1: Um, don't get me wrong, like soccer's my life and I love it. I do. and and yeah, there's been times where you're like, oh, I do all this for that. Yeah. But I love it and the day I stop enjoying it, that's when I'll stop playing. Abs- I love that. Yeah. Um, but, honestly, I'm trying to figure that out. Yeah. I love doing stuff like this. I love podcasting. Yeah. That's good shit. Nice. Um, but honestly, I'm. that's what I'm figuring out at the moment at that stage in my life where I'm just experiencing more than soccer. Mm-hmm. So it's nice to sort of speak to people and find stuff out. Yeah. I love my conversation with you. <laughs> I, I love we, them. we have some good conversations. No, I love them. Yeah, right. they're good fun. They them. help a lot. Yeah, yeah, they're just good general. But honestly, I don't... I'm trying to figure that out right now. Yeah. But I've got a question for you, though. All right, yeah, let's hear it. Um, and uh, because like the person you are and you've become, mm-hmm. who is who who did you look up to growing up, and like now, doesn't it have to be sport, just in general, who who inspires you?
0: Um.
1: Because I feel someone's inspired this person that you are now.
0: Yeah. Um. Oh my! My dad obviously was always like unbelievable growing up. He was a very knowledgeable person in like a lot of ways and he taught me so many things and a lot of the quotes that I use are from him and like a big thing that he always taught me was like don't was both like don't do as I say sorry do as I say not as I do and in that way I think a lot of people like, like you said with your mama she's like if I were your age right now I would go and travel and when we're our age we talk to young kids and we're like oh go stretch but they don't do it and that's that's one thing is do as I say because I've I've lived what you're doing and passed it. So there's so many things that older people tell us that it's like we always push them off and we're like oh no I'm going to be fine, it's going to be okay. I'm I'm different. I'm special. When in reality no you're not special. You're going to die one day just like the rest of us. So you might as well take these things. And another thing that he always taught me was don't. It's better to learn you learn more of what not to do from people than what you learn to do. And that's an Abe Lincoln quote. Um, and I've taken that quite heavily. I, I really, really like that. Um, I've been in a lot of situations where I've been treated in my opinion, not unfairly, but poorly. And I think everyone goes through those and you have those split, you have those decisions that, that fragment your personality and you kind of go one way or the other Where You're like something, someone does something shitty to you and makes you feel bad. You can either, make other people feel good in the future, or you can project your insecurities on other people and make them feel shitty too. And I think that that's something that I've really like come to terms with is like, I can make people feel really good. I can make people happy. And that's that's kind of what I came to terms with with that psych prof was, I don't know if I want to do neurobiology or um, become a psychiatrist, but I want to help people. And that's just like my goal in life. Um, Another one, um, Ken McLaughlin is the guy that got me very into I mean I was going through some tough stuff and he just like one day gave me a copy of Zen Mind Beginner's Mind which is like the greatest book I've ever read it's it's my bible I I've read it several more than several times I just read it anytime I'm going through some shitty stuff and it's like this immediate feeling of like alright yeah like it's okay and so he gave me that and that changed nice. my life and so he's a big driver in, like, growth mindset for me and, um, my whole philosophy on life, and, I mean, there was one day where two summers ago, my first year summer, no, three summers ago now, um, yeah, the, oh, jeez, I mean, I can barely walk now, I'm (laughs) practically 90, um, so we were going, so we were doing Alberta summer camps, and they don't pay you until the end of the summer because you do the jobs halfway through the summer. But you can't have jobs before that because nobody's going to hire you for a yes. month. And then, so I, I didn't have, I had, I had 67 cents in my bank account nice. for four months. Um, yeah. <laughs> so that was a lot. And at one point I was, I hadn't eaten in like two or three days. And he was like, Shit. yeah, we, we like, and I, I, and I hate, I've, I've been really bad at like borrowing money from people and like not. Like, not paying them back quickly and kind of taking it for granted. So at that point, I was like, no, I don't I don't want to be that person anymore. I want to be more reliable. And so he was like, hey, man. Like, he offered. And he was like, hey, just, like, here's my card. Just go get something from this Husky. And I was like, really? He's like, yeah. And we were, like, great friends. He coached me for a couple of years, Team Alberta. He's, like, one of the greatest guys I've ever met. He's a father figure to me. And then, so... Went and bought this Reese's Pieces bar. I like these Reese's cups, and I came back out, and I just put them in my bag, and I didn't eat for another, like, two days. And I didn't eat the Reese's bar, and now I have this bar of, like, emotional chocolate in my my room. I'll show it to you after this, but I just have, like, this huge drawer full of chocolate and stuff that I just, like, won't touch because I'll only eat it in times where I'm like, this is a really special moment. This is something that's super special to me, so I'm going to share this with someone else that's kind of what, like, candy and chocolate's become to me, is, like, I mean, I'll go to Bulk Barn and, like, binge eat after, like, two weeks of ketosis or something, I'll have a movie night with Sammy and Charlie and watch the Last Samurai and feel like throwing up and being, like, a sugar hangover for two days, but at the same time, like, I'll always, I, I'll have these moments, I had a lot of them with Hannah, where I would be, like, this is special to me, let's, that's like, let's grab, let's, I'm gonna grab this, like, chocolate bar, that's how I... Oh geez, that's why I told her I loved her I, wow. gave her. I gave her this Reese's bar when I when I first like hung out with her for the first time. That's, and then yeah. like a month and a half that's later. That's what I said about music.
1: Yeah. Like when I said sunset lovers, yeah. One of my favourite songs. The person who knows that song special knows it's why it's special. Yeah. They know. Yeah. But like I said I was like, it doesn't matter whenever I hear this in forty, fifty years' time. Yeah. It's now. It whenever. the same memory when like, I a recent yes yeah, so, yeah. then people thought. make you the, the people like that
0: yeah and you know Ken Ken just been so good to me through my whole like and life with him and
1: people who are so selfless yeah and that, like, that's what Ken I is. speak about it all the time I mentioned like, my mom mm-hmm. is the most and I, and you don't realise as a kid you, yeah you, honestly you don't and it's only probably the last since I've been here that I've started to realise like and mom, it's like a PE teaching now, mm-hmm. and there's kids at a school, and like the parents, like, we can't afford to do this, we haven't got time to do that, or whatever. And my mum, me and my sister did everything we wanted to do yeah, anything, any sport, anything we'd do. Oh She'd my, work yeah. every job, she never had a life, she didn't, honestly. And because she wanted to give the best opportunity for us, yeah, and and it's probably a parental thing cause like we don't have kids you don't realise right. I'm like could I do that for someone like oh. give up my life my dad was the same and I'm team. like you've done all like anything anything yeah. I ever you probably didn't have the money all the time and it's same for all my family my sister's the same now and Ian and my my granddad and everyone like I, you don't realise you're like wow what they've done for me to get here and that's that's the motivation for me when I'm ever thinking oh why and
0: I'm not like well these people have done this yeah. to put me here yeah like why would I waste? My dad did, he sacrificed so much for me. I don't think
1: I like, I don't know if you could, but I'm like, can I do that for someone? (laughs) It must be a parental thing.
0: Yeah. I mean, like when you, when you're like in love with someone or you're like, you have kids or something, I'm sure you just hit that point where you're like, I will do anything for this person. And it's not, and it comes to that point of like, would I really die for that person? Like after the fact, like in the moment you're like, I will walk, like there are times where I was like, I'll walk downtown on my ruptured Achilles. Like I'm, yeah, sure, let's do it. And it's just like those feelings of like, I'm just gonna do it because this person means more to me than anything else. And like my dad was so good about that. He, at no point was I not afforded a luxury that other people got because of our financial situation. I grew up in a relatively but poor yeah, household. you don't
1: you don't see that. Yeah, I was like, I asked for so much. Like I want the newest cleats or like yeah. the newest jersey. And you don't see it, and I'm like. I mean, you probably I, didn't have you like you were going into your overdraft to put money, like food like and yeah. you, you you wouldn't you wouldn't
0: say no to me mm. and like you obviously you're not going to say as, you don't realize that as a kid no one does. I mean, like, I I kind of did. I'm really frugal now because of that because I did have an understanding of like where my family was financially and now that's afforded me the ability. But to... But
1: my, like, my mom never believed us.
0: Yeah, to think that. Yeah, that's fair. And
1: you're just like, wow. Like,
0: yeah. How. Now, now I live on like eighteen hundred bucks a year for like food and <laughs> food and like enjoyment and stuff. I like I'm so low maintenance, like I could I could go into the forest and disappear. Oh, and yeah. I would probably live. But like that was like another thing. It was like we had like a harvesting family, so we'd go hunting and like harvest meat and stuff, but and that that helped to subsidize a lot. But yeah, my dad was like this just crazy awesome human being. Like he would do anything for us. He would like it was no, it was nuts to take on coaching jobs well, and find bursaries just so that we, i could be yeah, afforded these yeah we situations.
1: talk about parents but like my mom's boyfriend has been with us for so long and like he's literally like a dad's me and like
0: yeah i'm like you do
1: stuff for me that most dads wouldn't even do like and i'm not even your son mm-hmm. like what like why do you do this my i've dad, never said that yeah. but i'm like like well, why yeah i'm not like you can leave like you could leave and you know I'm not your son I—I well, th- I, to me he is my dad but yeah. I'm like you've come from outside and you've done all this and like yeah. honestly that. and as a kid I'm like yeah this soccer player is like my inspiration or whatever or this athlete mm-hmm. and so until now if someone was like who's your hero I'm like probably my family like genuinely and that sounds so cheesy but you're like these are the people that have got me to where I am oh absolutely and give me these yeah. possibilities to do Yeah.
0: what I want my my dad's girlfriend is also like has been just so good with that kind of she's amazing she we've had our differences before and we've like fought about a lot of stuff and we've had like blown up stuff but anytime i go back to calgary it's like hey let's grab a beer let's hang out let's go g- grab some breakfast and last time we went for breakfast we talked for like four hours i'm pretty yeah. sure the little the lady that was People. serving us was like get the fuck yeah out of here. like we're in a <laughs> breakfast rush get out of my face uh, yeah
1: i'm a i it a little bit. But like when you said about coming here, mm-hmm. you don't realize about the people that care to you until you move here. Yeah. Because I was like, oh, i have like loads of people message me about how's it going. I had like two of my friends message me. Mm-hmm. Apart, All my family did, but like two of my friends. And at the time, I probably thought I had like five or six real close friends. Like yeah. I was best friends. And like, I'm like, and they're like, oh, we should catch up. I'm like, you've never messaged me since I've been here. Yeah. Asking how it's going or what's what. I had like, I had one definitely, maybe two that was like, "Oh, how's it going? Like, mm-hmm. are you enjoying it? How's everything?" And so until you move away, and you probably realize when you came here, you realize
0: the people that. I'm I'm quite guilty for that of, as well though. I I like have this feeling of like, like <laughs> if I ever leave, like I'll I'll never talk to Sam, who's like one of my best friends in the world, unless we're like face to face. We don't. Talk on message. Sometimes on the, the relationship you have with people. Exactly. Yeah. There's never like, there's never a goodbye. It's always a see you later. yeah There's like, no time where I'm like goodbye as like an objective, like I'll never see you again. It's like I'll see you later. The, yeah, whether it's and, a year from now or a week from now, like I'll see you again and it'll just be just the same as it is now. That's just some people like in
1: like I'll FaceTime sometimes, but, like I'll FaceTime all the time. But I'm like mm-hmm. in like two Blokes on FaceTime, like this kind of. I don't know, like you want to speak to me, but it's kind of like, oh, yeah, All right, how's it going? How's it right. work? Yeah, good, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. And that's like it. Like, I'll speak to him when we go back and we'll grab a beer and stuff, but that's sometimes the relationship you have with some people, yeah. And like my best friend Mark, like I go weeks without speaking with him, I don't know it's but it's just who he is and like who I am. Like we don't sort of have to speak every day, it's like, okay, we'll ring each other, like, how's it going? Yeah, good, yeah. yeah. And like with you and Sam. Like you don't have to speak every day to know that you care about each other. Yeah,
0: and we're getting a lot. We're getting a lot better of being like be able to talk about stuff like that's more intimate. Oh, I
1: I I've opened up so much over the last few months. Yeah, and especially to you a lot. But yeah, like yeah, it feels that's the good. Best. To it, story. it feels good. Yeah, good. Yeah. And not in no way am I like emotionally unstable or anything like that. But sometimes it's just good to like it's just, it's, speak it's good to.
0: I'm really supportive of the whole idea of really, like, owning your story, and, like, David Goggins has this really cool thing of, like, he was, like, basically illiterate in this fat kid when he, like, grew up, and he's like, I don't like that, I don't like that I was that, I wish that I could be the person that I am now, always, but to become the person that I am now, I had to go through all this shit, and people think that people just have these, like, amazing, privileged lives that they just, like, wake up and they live their whole life without suffering, but no, it's not like that. Everyone goes through this crazy shit. And the more that people become aware that everyone's going through this crazy shit, the more people are like, okay, I'll tell my story. And then that makes it okay for the next person to tell their story. Yeah. Like, that's why I'm so open and authentic about like who I am and where I've come from is because I'm like, maybe people hear about the shit that I've gone through and they're like, okay, yeah, I'm going through that. So... Maybe I can talk to someone about that because the more you own that and the more that you're able to like open up to people, the better life becomes. You just become so much happier when you're able to be like, when you're able to be in a relationship and be like, Hey, I'm scared. I, I don't know what's happening and be like open and authentic with your emotions. It, it makes you feel I so I spoke to someone the other day and,
1: and I'm still trying to do it and I'd like to think I don't but like, and I, I always did and I still do like anxiously. I always care what people think. mm mm-hmm. It's hard and not was to And I spoke to someone and she was just like, Why do you care what people think? Mm-hmm. doesn't. But their opinions are relevant. And, and in reality, they're probably not, thinking that stuff. But it is. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like, they're probably not even thinking about that. Or Like, if you wear something, you're like, Oh, yeah. I'm not sure about this. And, like, you go out and you're like, Oh, are they, like,
0: looking? You're put. They're probably not even thinking about it, and you're like. And even if they are, they're not going to be thinking about it five minutes from now. They're not going to be like, (laughs) oh, that. Like, hey, man, I saw this guy wearing. I well, like for the last two years of high school, all I wore were these like UGG-like slippers, uh, these baggy sweatpants, and this huge double XL TRU bright orange sweater. I looked like a pumpkin. My ex-girlfriend always told me that I looked like a pumpkin. A TRU one. Yeah, yeah, because I committed here, and I was like. I'm just gonna sport this shit. So I wore it every single day and that's like all I wore and I had a mullet. So like Oh no, you did I did. I, oh, I even have come a I, on. I had a braided when I went to Cuba and stuff. Oh, no. Yeah, I'll show you some pictures. Um You
1: had the ponytail as well, didn't you? No. I was
0: I've you never I've never been into it. ponies. I've had a bun. Oh you had ai b I've I've never been into ponies though. I can't do the pony. Oh you um, had a bun. Yeah. It was the flow bros, wasn't it? Yeah.
1: Who was it? You salmon?
0: Uh, Jake Hamilton. Um oh. but yeah, no, and that... So, like, that was like a big thing for me. And now I'm like, now I wear stuff, and like, I'll have friends that are like, man, like, are you really wearing that? And I'm like, yeah, because it makes me feel good. I feel good in it. I don't really give a fuck what you think. Like, in reality, as long as I feel good and I kind of enjoy what I'm wearing, <laughs> like, and I, can I wear my own sweat every day. It feels good. And like, these are I'm like, jeggings? Why would I? Are they there? Yeah, no, they're, you feel them. Give him give a little... Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't worn jeans in years. I only like, have jeggings. Like, I need to get and a pair of them, man. This is the only time I've worn these in like like three years because I told Garrett I would wear them and I've been putting it off for three months.
1: Like, yeah, I wear sweats. Deal with it.
0: Yeah, oh yeah. Why am I going to dress up for school? Like, I'm comfortable. I want to sit in class and be comfortable. I, that's like comfort is key, man. The more comfortable you are, the better you're going to be in everything. Um, to go back to the whole thing of, like, people that have, I think, like, the latter half of my development has really been my coach, Pat. Yeah. He has been, he'll just, we'll just be, like, mid-practice, and he'll give this crazy, huge speech about, like, just life, and by the end of it, you don't know whether to clap or whether to just, like, walk away and be, like, have an existential crisis, because he'll, like, he's, he's talked a lot about, like, in life, you're gonna get these shit balls and you can they relate just, it to the
1: sport. Yeah,
0: good. yeah, and some of them he doesn't even. He relates. He relates a lot back to family and relationships, and back to volleyball. And it's all like, it's this huge cyclical thing of like it's all around. Like volleyball can relate to your life, and your life can relate to school, and it all comes full circle. Everything can be applicable to one another, and he talks a lot about these shit balls that you have to eat. And he's like, there's just like a, a hunk of shit that you just have to eat. And, like, life is going to give you these shitballs. Life is going to give you, like, I had this shitball of a summer. And the you you have to eat them. It's not like life is like, hey, like, here's this shitball you might have to eat. It's like, hey, fucker, like, put this shitball down your throat. And, Hold yeah, like, the nose. Yeah, like, you're, you're going to have to eat this. I'm going to watch you eat this. You just have to. And the easier, the, the more you can just be like, okay, here we go, and just, like, eat it, the easier it's going to be, the better it's going to be. But if you sit there and you're like, no, I don't want this, like this sucks, then it's going to be an awful experience. But he's like, just eat the shit ball. Like, and that's not one of his like most influential like talks, but he's a Get huge it person. It's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we should put them in, eat put, shit ball. Put in <laughs> that our team rooms, like eat the shit ball. Um, yeah, no. And he's I like always mean. a huge person of like, like he always wants to be a better, like, I mean, he lost, he lost like 50 pounds in like a year because he just set out to like he's like I want to walk my daughter down the aisle one day and I don't think I'm going to be able to do that right now he lived past his father and now he's like okay I want to be the healthiest person that I can be who how can you be the best you that you can be in every situation I don't want to be I mean that's like why I'm doing this not through Wolfpack, but through just like a buddy and I are doing this because it's I don't have to be Josh the athlete, or Josh the student, or... You can be what you want, man. Yeah, I can just be... It's even weird to refer to myself as Josh. Like, I just think of myself person. as, like, me. Um, I can just be me. And that's all that I have to be. There's no preconceived notion that we're going to be talking about athletics, or school, or philosophy, or psychology, or geography. Anything like that, I can just be me. I can have these conversations and just pull, like, random shit out of my ass that I don't really know what I'm talking about, but... I enjoy it, so I can just, like, I can just be authentic, that's, and that's, how can you be authentic in all aspects of your life, how can you be the person that doesn't change when you're in a new setting, and you meet new people, and you're, like, your voice changes a little bit, and they're, they're those people, they're, like, they're chameleons, and I mean, I feel, I, I have the capability to kind of be that, and I can make people like me in any situation that I'm in, but, like, how can I continue to be me while also making people Someone doesn't like you, yeah. I
1: People think too much about that as well. Like, if someone doesn't like you, they don't like you. Yeah. Don't think too much about trying to change it. That's it. Don't dwell on it. If people
0: get a shitty feeling about you,
1: then it's just like, way it is. Yeah, coach, and and especially in our like, because we've always played sport. Like, there's so many coaches in my life that literally, like, relate to my life so much. And like I talked about Mick, and there's another Brian Neves and Phil Parkinson, like. These are coaches and at the time you don't think anything out of it, but like now you're like you've literally shaped who I
0: am. Yeah. And and the decisions I make and, and stuff like that. Um, oh, totally. Yeah. The people you surround yourself with are a culmination of who you are. And that's what I find really interesting about coming to university as a collegiate athlete is you're making these decisions based on playtime and location and school and all these things. But in reality, you're going to these places and that's going to dictate who you become as a person because of the people that you surround yourself with. If I could give any advice to people that are deciding between schools to go to and stuff, it's like, whatever school you go to and you love the guys there, go to that school. Go, go to a school where oh, you... If, if oh,
1: you, if you said to me, and it's relating back to what Ryan said like, if you could have five years and you win a national championship, but it's with guys you don't care about, or a coach you don't like playing for. You're just like, I won, and, and that's it. But then if you were like, if you had five years with guys, and and it's the object and subject of winning, like, you were like, right, we're going to win a bronze medal, we're going to make playoffs. Like, that means so much more if you do it with guys or coaches that you love mm-hmm. and you're a part of and you feel a part of, and compared to something you're just like, uh, you know, and again, like you said, choosing a school, like you've got to feel somewhere you're a part of it and yeah, and comfortable. Um, yeah, and, and honestly, surround yourself with the right people is huge. You know, yeah. I've played on some, been really lucky to play on loads of good teams, and and some of the teams I've had the most fun on have been the ones where you just with guys that you just love, yeah, and you would do anything for. Um, and, yeah, that's that's such a huge part. And like I said, it doesn't matter what level you play, you've got to enjoy it. And you're not playing your best if you're not enjoying it. And it's the same in life. You're not living your best life if you're not enjoying it. Um, And, yeah, this is, I don't know. When you said my philosophy on life, you've got to enjoy it. Yeah. And, it's, and it's so common and so cheesy, but you've got to enjoy it in whatever you do. And my family always preached that to me. Whatever you do in life, you've got to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And and again, we I'm in Pete Sobelak's class. What a guy, by the way. Oh my good god, good guys to chat to. He's amazing. And and we always talk about like the the parents and stuff. And and yeah, my mum and my granddad and everyone always pushed me to to be the best. And I appreciate that. And I always felt comfortable. It wasn't like a pushy is in you don't want to do this but you're doing it anyway it's always if you don't enjoy it you don't have to do anything you don't want to do Harry. like you don't have to play you don't have to do this but i always enjoyed it so i always play and i'm from pretty small towns like what i do is pretty big where i come from like being here and parents always ask me and and kids do and i'm like you just gotta enjoy it like go out enjoy it and try to be the best you and yeah that's that's all you can do. You're gonna die one
0: day. Why not do something you love?
1: Oh yeah, hundred percent. Like, yeah. I look at my granddad. He's eighty five, eighty six now, mm-hmm. and he literally looks like he's and he just lives his best life yeah. every day. He just and it's just because he has no stress and he just enjoys life. Yeah. You know, people, people. I overthink everything, and and people overthink every situation. Like you said, failing the midterm, like oh, it's the end of the world okay, let's put it in perspective. It's not, you're not going to fail the class. You've still got more. Yeah. But like, learn from that. Okay, I didn't prepare right or I didn't do this right. You've got to learn from it. and um. But that's... Yeah, no, that's, I love that. Yeah, no, that's 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 my outlook on everything. Yeah. Just enjoy it. Try to be the best you. Learn yeah. from everything. Harry, yeah, you're yeah. a philosopher in your own right. Yeah.
0: Um. Yeah, no, this is a perfect time to end. That was amazing. No, that was beautiful. You. No, thank you so much for being... The first and popping my cherry oh we're gonna we're gonna like just touch hands oh, yeah. a little bit weird yeah no this is good, oh, this is good yeah. No, yeah no yeah thank carlo. you very much yeah thanks carlo